What radio, the music you want. With your host, Dee Dang. Alrighty then. RadioWhat.com. What's up, party people? It's Keys Dan with RadioWhat.com, DJLittleRock.com, coming to you live and in living color from the Radio What Studios. And this is my podcast, What Makes You Famous. It's an extension of the RadioWhat.com internet radio station that I've been running for quite some time. And if you need DJ services, where do you go? DJLittleRock.com. Check availability, get a free price quote, and maybe you could have me at your next event. Today on the program... Oh, yeah. The excitement is building. Charlotte McKinnon, the sugar hip herself. She is going to be on the program. We're going to be chit-chatting about her music, career, and whatever else pops up on her mind. I'm looking forward to talking to Charlotte McKinnon. Uh, This week's shows uh, in Conway, Arkansas. Oh, no. In Russellville, Arkansas on Thursday, I'll be at the Old Post Barbecue for the video dance party. Karaoke Jam is family friendly. So come on out. Have some good barbecue. And if you're over 21, we have some adult beverages, some frosty beverages for you. I keep the music family friendly. So come on out. Six to nine, Russellville, Arkansas. Old Post Barbecue, be there. Friday night, I'm at the Rab in Conway, Arkansas, from 8 p.m. until almost 2 in the am. And that is a 21 and over club. I'm going to have a good time. And they got the full bar. The kitchen is open. They got 10 diamond quality pool tables and the pool tournament on Friday nights. So you don't want to miss that. Out on the party patio, they have shuffleboard, foosball, a giant Jenga game, a giant checkers game. So there's always something to do while you're waiting for little old me to call you up to sing where you are the star of the show at the Rab in Conway, Arkansas, 8 p.m. Friday night. And then Saturday night, Heber Springs VFW. It's the finale the karaoke finale i'm going to be performing on the big stage in the big room at the heber springs vfw on saturday night starting at 8 p.m i think they have over 20 contestants that are going to be performing at the finale now me thankfully i do not have to be the judge of these quality uh singers they they have uh three celebrity judges that are going to be coming out to the heber springs vfw so you want to be there and listen to some great singing they got the full full bar they even got some some good food there i i believe over at the heber springs vfw i was there a few weeks ago doing it 80s night and that came out so well they were so happy with my performance and i was so happy to meet them that was the first time i ever been to the heber springs vfw so i get to be there they liked me so much they said hey will you come back on the 28th saturday and i said yeah no problem happy to do it for the karaoke finale at heber springs vfw all right that's it that's enough of the my self-promotion it's time to talk to charlotte mckinnon the sugar hip calling charlotte mckinnon now Good morning. Charlotte McKinnon, please. This is she. How are you? 
Charlotte McKinnon, you got morning voice. I like it. <laughs> <laughs> it's yeah. Keys Dan from the What Makes You Famous podcast. How are you? I am doing well. How are you doing? It's been a while. It's been too long since we've seen each other. Uh, I I know we we just met. Oh my goodness, what was it? Uh, and maybe ten years ago, maybe eleven years ago, two thousand eight, somewhere around there. And and I think yeah, it was in Coconut yeah. Grove at a at a club. I was with Exito one hundred five point five. We were doing some kind of a remote, and and you were there, and and I remember you saying "fascinated" in my ear, and it sent chills up my spine. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I vaguely remember that, but okay. <laughs> so good, so good. And then the very next year, probably, was it around summertime, 2009, you were with KC and you came to Little Rock. That sounds about right. Yeah, yeah. And then I was I was sitting backstage. Well, I say backstage, it's the riverfront and it's all open, uh, open air and, and just you guys showed up and, and you came up and you said, what are you doing here? And I said, I just moved here. <laughs> and there we are. Charlotte, <laughs> Charlotte McKinnon. Tell the people a little bit about you. Give, give them a little bio. I mean, I know a little bit about you, but I'd like to know everything. <laughs> give, them a, give, give them a little bio of, of who Charlotte well, McKinnon is. I was is. born in a little town called Waycross, Georgia. And um, I came back to South Florida I guess when I was around six, I was a military brat. So my family moved around a bit. And, um, uh, yeah, I started singing at an early age in elementary school and then church. And, and um, let's see, I was in my first band, I think, around 18. It was called In Total Control. The in, the ITC band. It was a it was a local um, uh, R&B band. We did covers, and I had my first recording with them. It was a duo called Distant Love, which I recently I haven't heard that song in years, uh-huh. and I don't think it, it it charted or anything. But if they played it locally, that's all I remember. And um, but it, it was exciting for for a teenager to have a song on the radio, you know. I believe that <laughs> it, it was a duet. Um, I can't. I remember the guy's name was Will. I can't remember his last name. That's awful. But uh, would it be funny if it was Will? That. I am. I didn't. I didn't remember him. <laughs> no, I don't. I don't remember his last name. But I'm gonna have to Google that because I recently saw that on a list, a discog. Oh, and that song was listed first. And I was like, wow, somebody had that information. That's cool, because I've never seen that on the Internet before that song listed under anything that I've done. So that was really cool. And then, um, you know, I'd done like talent shows and stuff at church and stuff at school. And so people in the community knew that I sang. And um, and then I was singing in that band and. And then I got a call to sing. It sounds for, like you're getting a call now. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe they that want you to sing it somewhere. That it says it's you. Okay, that's weird. Yeah, my computer, my computer's a little be behind. Maybe it needs an update. <laughs> I'm always slow to update my devices. But so after after um, you know, performing locally, I got a call from a friend. And he said there was this young lady who was looking for a singer. Right. Her husband 
what was looking for background singers actually and his name was ishla desma oh and i know that was, name. yeah he was a member of the group foxy and they had that huge hit to get off yep. so i went and met up with them and we were singing background on ish's solo project it was myself his wife Lori ledesma and um a good friend of mine named Lois Harrington, mm. who is no longer with us. Oh. And then um, Lois left and Susan Gonzalez joined us. Well, yeah. Susan Johnson, who is now Susan Gonzalez. And we became Company B. Yes. So he goes, you know, when things weren't going so well with his solo project, he goes, I'm going to do a song on you girls. And that was Jam On Me. We released it and we started doing shows and we were seeing some, you know, local success so we continued uh recording and before you knew it we had fascinated <laughs> oh yeah that, that little song you sang the chorus of in my yeah. ear and sent <laughs> chills up my spine well let's back up a little bit that you said you were born in georgia but you you pretty much you're a miami girl yeah we're about miami girl yeah whereabouts my- in miami and I grew up in Coconut Grove, which ah. is a um, was a Bahamian settlement. My grandparents settled here from the Bahamas, Ooh. just how I ended up here. It's my father's home. My mother's home is Georgia. And um, I'm the only child of five that was born in Georgia. Everyone else is born here. So this is home. This yes. is home. I've been here most of my life. And, you know, aside so- from moving around when we were small, following my dad around the country when he was in the military and um but you know this this has always been home so what branch of the military was dad in he, he's uh, from he the bahamas was, but uh he came to the yeah. states and joined the joined the forces he yeah he was in the army and i i lived in the only place i remember living in is texas because i was too young to remember other places like baltimore and kentucky and oklahoma okay you so know. so his army days were before you were six so, yeah. Say, okay. By the time I was six, we we were back here. Very cool. So, uh, mm-hmm. Bahamian uh, settlement in Coconut Grove. How did how did you end up from Georgia to there? Uh, in or was your well, dad like there I before? Said, my dad. My dad. This is my dad's home. Gotcha. And, and, yes. In, in, the, in in Coconut Grove, and um, uh, my parents met in college. Oh, and, that's nice. Yeah. So. So what is what does your dad do? Is your st- are they still around? He is no longer with us. Okay. What and kind of work did your dad mom, do? My dad did an array of things. Yes, hustling. That's good. <laughs> Besides the military, he was a truck driver for a while, and he did some. Um, he was a. He worked with a. Um, what do you call it? Um, I'm not sure what you call it <laughs> early for me, um, with a, a private detective. Yeah, oh, what? With, with a private detective. For a, for a okay. While. You just took an started, unexpected turn. I remember that, him talking to us about that. And, um, um, uh, so that's what I remember. That sounds exciting mm-hmm. <laughs> from truck driver to private detective from, from the army well, worked, to truck driver. He, to Yeah. He worked. He was like his assistant. He was not the private detective. Himself. That's pretty cool. <laughs> yeah. That was pretty cool. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And then uh, your mom's still around. My mom is still with us. And what does she do? And 
she retired from um Dade County Police Department. She was a criminal record specialist. Ah, gotcha. But she's a closet writer. Oh. Yeah, she she writes. And we've been trying to get her to publish something for years. And she mostly writes short stories. And now she's into mostly uh, theological. That's what she likes to uh, research. So... So she's, she's writing her. things down. I'm guessing she's got uh, notebooks and notebooks full yep. of things that she's written. Mm-hmm. Come on, Charlotte <laughs> McKinnon's mom. You got to send that out to the world. Yeah, uh, right. Short she's... stories is where it's at right now because people mm-hmm. with this uh, limited, uh, what is attention it? Span. Yeah, limited attention span. <laughs> Uh, they want the short stories. I know when I sit down to read, I like a, a two page, three page story and uh, I'm in, I got the, I got the information and I'm out. That's great. Yeah. <laughs> what, do you, have you, what kind of stories is, was she writing before the theological stuff? Um, stories about life, about family life and oh. her life. And um, I guess things that she'd read about and imagined or, you know, That's sweet. whatever her, whatever fancied her. See, that's <laughs> so, sweet. That's yeah, sweet. Yeah, she has a lot of knowledge about a lot of things because she's an avid reader. Well, was an avid reader. She's struggling with her vision now, but oh. um, yeah, she's eighty-one. God bless her. Yay. She's a cancer survivor. Oh, right. And um, well, cool. <laughs> big inspiration in my life. And, and you get <laughs> so, you get to see her a lot. Yeah. Well, I live. We live together. Oh, that's great. See, Charlotte McKinnon taking care of her mama. <laughs> that says a lot about you. A lot of kids yeah. would just put uh, somebody in a in a folks home and in a group home and and just forget about them. But no, not you, Charlotte McKinnon. You, you your family's <laughs> important. You got uh, five, five everything. brothers and sisters. I mean, guys, I guess yep. four brothers and sisters. Fourth, yeah, the there fifth. are five of us. Yes, mm-hmm. I'm in the middle. <laughs> okay, how do how do you Charlotte in the middle? How how do you feel about that? How did that affect your life? Being a middle child, well, uh, that's all I know. So, <laughs> <laughs> okay, but yeah, I had uh, uh-huh. I had good siblings. My brothers are are quite a bit older; they're oh, okay. ten and eight years older. And then my younger siblings, we're the the younger bunch. I'm the oldest of the younger siblings. They're uh, two and seven years younger than I am. So, so you would be the one taking care of them. Uh, were you very mm-hmm. protective of your younger uh, siblings? I would say yes, yes. <laughs> <laughs> but everyone's pretty independent, you know, once. Yeah, I think everyone's pretty independent, so it it didn't take a lot to have to. So did you go to high school to in the Grove? Life. Yep. Well, Coral Gable Senior High. Coral Gable Senior High. Yeah. I worked on a radio station in Coral Gables. Uh, it was at AM 1080. It was uh, WVCG, and then just oh. after I left, it was the voice of the people somewhere around... I don't know, somewhere around 2008. Are you from South Florida? Of course. I'm born and raised in Miami. The Florida Keys. Uh, All right. Keys Dan. That's where that came from. Okay. But yes, I I was born in Miami. I went to Lake Stevens and St. Monica School in Miami and and then Fort Lauderdale. I went to Western High School and then I went to the Florida Keys and became a firefighter in addition to the radio and DJ stuff. So there you go. Uh A little bit about me. You've lived a quite inter- 
interesting life, my dear. <laughs> well, getting to know you, uh, Charlotte McKinney, <laughs> and, and people people that listen to this podcast, they get little tidbits and little little things about what happened in my life, and and uh, they get to know me through uh, talking to other people. So that okay. that's that's why I like doing this podcast. It's just learning about folks and building people up and finding mm-hmm. out more about. Uh, yes, you are a superstar. Okay, as far as I'm concerned, <laughs> I, I, I love your music. I love everything that you Thank do, you. and and it's just I, I want to know where did that start. And then people that are listening will go, well, you know, I, I can do that. I can I can take that avenue, and it helps yeah. other people to uh, achieve their goals. And that's what you're going to be doing, Charlotte McKinnon, through this podcast, through other things, is helping other people uh, with their goals. You're you're staying at home, you're taking care of your mama, but you're doing quite a few other things. Uh, you said 18, you, you started in a little band, and, and you got some music on the radio. That is exciting. Very yeah, exciting. Yeah, it was very exciting. By the time I graduated, I had two songs on the radio, which was Jam On Me and... Um, the duet, which was, uh, what was the name of the song? <laughs> Distant Love was the name of the duet. So I, I'm class um, of 86. What, what class were you? 86. We're the same age. Hey, class of 86 rules. <laughs> <laughs> and, I, and I know just after that, I, I was a baby DJ back then. I, I, I did a lot of uh, high school stuff, uh, all the parties. Hey, bring your mm-hmm. records over. You going to help me? Nope. You remember Belial and House Party? I was that guy. Hopefully, okay. hopefully without the dragon breath. Oh my goodness! <laughs> <laughs> so, 1986, good year for you. Yeah. you. You get out of high school. Did you go to uh, college at all, or do? Anything? I went to Dade South, Miami Dade um, Community College. I had a, um, I had audition initially auditioned for a drama, a theater scholarship, and and I also auditioned for a dance scholarship. And I was offered both. I took the theater scholarship. And then I stumbled into the uh, gospel ensemble uh, class and started just going on because I had that hour off. I started going to the class and I met the director who was also the dean of humanities who talked me into auditioning for the music scholarship. So I changed my major the following semester to music. Got the I was uh, granted the music scholarship, and I studied music for about a year and a half, and and then I was working <laughs> a lot and started missing too many classes. So oh. I left school and was working. Well, well you and did the gospel. Did you grow up very religious? I grew up going to church. I wouldn't say very religious, but I grew up going to church. But my mom's father was the bishop of a um, church of Christ written in heaven in Georgia. He had a church. So that it's a big part of our foundation. But I wouldn't say it was a heavily we had a heavily religious family. Right. Right. Well, I was Catholic. Now I'm American. I guess, you know, you grow. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. My dad's family's Catholic, you know, so. Yeah, it's, I'm. I believe in inclusion. So yeah. I, the church that I attend mostly now is kind of non-denominational. Right. Right. So yeah, sounds mm-hmm. like the people that are searching. You know, just looking for answers uh, of how how the uh, why the world is the way it is and and how it became and yeah, always looking and for answers. And people just getting together, wanting to serve God and, and not you know 
Now that's the thing I, I miss a lot is is the fellowship. Uh, the thing I like about about church is the fellowship. You get to meet mm-hmm. people, and and most of the people are pretty pretty nice. You know, pretty nice people. At least during that hour. <laughs> ah, you got that right. Meet them in the club the night before. Uh uh-uh. uh. Everybody's on their best behavior. At church, so. <laughs> it's a great community to be a part of, and just very cool. And grow in your faith, you know. So. That's why I do it. It's something to um, inspire you and and to and to take you through your week. Sometimes you just need like some inspiration to take you through. And I believe I believe in the Word. So you okay. know, reading your Bible and learning the Word and being closer to God in that way. I think that's important too. But everybody has their own way of doing things, and I'm not one to knock anybody because I'm like, there's it's a big world out here, and I'm sure God has a lot of ways for us to get to Him. That's how I feel about my spirituality. So very um, cool, Charlotte McKinnon. Mm-hmm. Appreciate that. Appreciate you sharing that piece. <laughs> so all right, you you got into college. You were going to do theater. Uh, and I noticed you have some IMDb credits. We can get into that in a little bit, uh, or or we can get into that now if you if you'd like. Uh, I, I I saw on your IMDb you had a couple of uh, of credits as I guess as yourself mostly. Mm-hmm. Uh, as uh, let's see the the Blue Hedgers that looked like something from two thousand two. What what was that? Or the the Blue Healers? The Blue Healers. Sorry, my eyes. What is the blue, blue he- the blue healers? A TV series. I'm, I'm, you've lost me, Dan. I'm like, where are we now? <laughs> uh, oh, I'm I'm on your IMDb page, and I'm I'm looking at some of the credits that you had, and you had the in laws, and you had Company B, uh, featuring Quest, uh, Soldier Boy. It's a uh, the video, okay. the video short that you have on there, and then you had Glass Glastonomy from uh, Glastonbury from 2017. Okay, these are probably clips that people have loaded or gotcha. my name was attached so i need to catch up and see where you are imdb, IMDb. <laughs> the girl's got an imdb page she's got credits on her imdb she doesn't and even I'm know like, how much of a superstar she is you know the funny thing um i didn't know i was i didn't even know that you could google me until like maybe 10 years ago <laughs> and, and i um uh Someone uh, introduced me to to this guy who's trying to get me. My friends are always trying to get me married. Oh, um, someone introduced <laughs> me to, to this guy, and he goes. When we first talked on the phone, he goes, "So, um, um, how long do you plan to be singing? You know, singing and all this stuff." And I'm like, "How do you know I'm singing?" And he goes, "Well, I googled you." And I'm like, "You googled me? You can do that?" So. Oh my goodness. You could Google me anytime you like because Keys Dan likes that to be Googled. And yes, I talked about myself in the third person. Actually, I talked about myself in the fourth person because Keys Dan is my stage name. So there. <laughs> all righty. Okay. Well, all right. I derailed this podcast a little bit. Let's go back to yes, let's go back funny. to college. Forget Bro, about all that IMDB stuff. <laughs> I, well, I just logged in. <laughs> we'll get so to that. The in-laws, okay, the Flatliners. I, that's a different person. That's a Charlotte McKinney. See, there are lots of Charlotte McKinnons. I learned that, too, yeah. when I Googled them. Well, so. these are the ones that are so attributed to you. The in-laws was, um, yeah, we were kind of playing ourselves. That was a little segment in that movie 
or where Casey and the um, Sunshine Band was in the in the um, what was it like the pre-wedding? Yeah, probably the house band or something. something. Yeah, no, well, it was the band that was. It was like a special surprise for the the bride and groom to be, and I think it was like the pre-wedding party or something like that. Well, that would be a um, special surprise if you showed up with Harry Wayne Casey. Yeah, so we're there as the surprise for them, and you know, and that that was fun. That was a lot of fun. That was the the first movie I was ever in. That's cool. <laughs> yeah, but lots of television appearances with Casey and with um when I was touring with J Lo. I'm skipping ahead a little bit here. Yeah, but, a little bit, a little bit, a little, little taste of what's okay. to come. So we'll go back to college. After college. I left. I was working, doing shows, and then I got a call from a high school friend what, what, about a band in the Bahamas. Oh, and what kind of Joe jobs did you do for a while? Day jobs? Yeah. What kind of Joe jobs did you do? Stuff with hairnets? I, I well, let's see. I think I worked at Denny's for a day. Ah! I didn't like that. <laughs> yeah, I didn't. I didn't. I wasn't digging that too much. <laughs> I worked as. I worked at. Uh, do you remember Birdine? I remember Birdines. I worked at Birdines in high school, um, in the on the photography studio. Oh, okay, yeah, I did mm-hmm. the one at at, uh, at Walmart, which is also the Sears studio. Okay, yeah. yeah so and yeah, I worked there, and um, I worked as a camp counselor in high school as like the dance coach for the kids there. That's cool. Yeah, and I I think that's pretty much all the day jobs. Oh, I think I worked at a hair salon for a little bit. A friend of mine had a hair salon, and I was his receptionist for a little while. All right. But, well, if you didn't become Shirley <laughs> McKinnon, like, no, super really singer, <laughs> yeah, if you didn't become super singer, which one of those four jobs do you think could have sustained you for the rest of your life without causing you too much havoc in your head? I don't think I'd have stayed at anything. <laughs> Hey, not- I would probably have gone moved to the Keys and found a job down there with some resort or some on the beach somewhere. Oh, I we'd like have been to be working outside. together down there. Yes. <laughs> I yes. like to be outside. And I don't know. Music always kept finding its way back into my life, even when I thought I was giving it up, you know? All right. Well, let's go to the Bahamas since that's part of your heritage. You're part mm-hmm. part of your 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 dad's uh, homeland, I guess. Uh, you said you went to the Bahamas with a, a I band. went to the Bahamas. I I stayed in Nassau for a few months and worked with a band there called High High Voltage, which later became the Baja Men. Oh no, that's great. Let the dogs out. Well, maybe you can answer that fine question because I never did find out who let the dogs out. <laughs> it was probably Isaiah. Okay. He was the leader of the band. He probably let the dogs out. Yes, we're going to blame Isaiah. <laughs> Thank you, Isaiah, for answering the question. Thank you, Charlotte McKinnon, for answering the question, who let the dogs That's out. Funny. I've been, been wondering that and that little earworm that gets for in my head. Yeah, <laughs> I, I came back to... Um, Miami and I got pregnant with my daughter and, um, and so I, I, I had it, my daughter, Erica, she's my, my son and my stars and my moon and all that stuff. She's a sweetie. She's, uh, 
29 now. <laughs> wow, that had to change your life completely. That did. And um, it slowed things down for a minute and just kind of gave me perspective on, you know, what was really important to me. And um, For sure. So, um, What is yeah, Erica doing? You can brag on her. <laughs> Erica does... Um, uh, um, creative. She does like uh, installations for events. So, what do you call that? Uh, well, I guess um, uh, yeah, just setting up for events and stuff. Mm-hmm, but she does these art installations. Wow, so she's been doing them. Um, and she she's just an artsy fartsy kind of kid. And well, she's not a kid anymore. She's always gonna be my kid. I still call her a kid. Well, being from um, Coconut Grove, artsy fartsy is the way to go. <laughs> uh, the, the, if, if you ha- and for these, this is for the listeners. If you're taking the walking tour of the What Makes You Famous podcast, if you get to Coconut Grove, you'll know exactly what I mean. You go in there, and it's just it, it's very Bohemian, Bohemian for the Bohemians. <laughs> 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 if I if I can pronounce those two words uh, kind of identically, <laughs> and, 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 yeah. That's so fun. yeah, growing up in in Coconut Grove, I'm guessing you had a little bit of a of an art feel to it and mm-hmm. and did you raise erica in the same place mm, yeah i think so i think she was exposed to a lot of uh art um visually and musically and uh, so she studied theater quite a bit she loved the theater so she took lots of lessons she went to theater camp at um she did the coral gables um children's um theater there and um she just kept that's what she kept busy with and then she she went to school but unlike but just like mom she dropped out (laughs) hey i went to college a bunch of times you know just enough to do uh, you know just enough to get my radio license just enough to get my firefighting license just enough to get to my paramedic license i wasn't going to go all the way so Mm -hmm. i I, i'm kind of an on-the-job type of person myself you know you get mm-hmm. into a job and and you learn from the people that are there and and you as a as, as a performer you could learn on the job uh and and, perf- and perfect your craft as you're going yeah that's possible you have to be very astute though yes i mean I, 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 you hey, learn anybody... a lot, I think you learn a lot in school and yeah. you learn a lot hands-on but um it depends on the person oh anybody who loves math please do math save the world go be a scientist (laughs) love it you know i'm not that guy you know i I, but i I do appreciate the people that are yes so all right so bragging on erica continue (laughs) she's recently engaged hey all right (laughs) And um, her fiance also does the art installations. He's he does them around the world. He's on a little bigger scale. They do a lot of projects together as well. But um, wow! Yeah, so well, that's, that's great. The art is in, wonderful. She lives, she lives in New York. Oh, okay. All right. So she, yeah, she got out of Miami and went to an even bigger <laughs> town. <laughs> yeah. You she, know, I guess she loves it because she's been gone for 10 years now wow oh mm-hmm. i hope you get to talk to her all the time yes all right erica just, call very, your mama we're very close <laughs> and she loves podcasts so she's gonna love this <laughs> getting to know a little bit more about mom well you know if, if we want to we could dig into the uh, all the crazy stuff that you did as a kid 
No. Oh my goodness. <laughs> <laughs> so, but that's entirely up to you. Yeah. After having Erica slow down a little bit, I wasn't recording as much. I did do some recordings before between uh, um leaving company b because company b remember was during high school yeah let's 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 go with that company b you started in 86 yeah that was was like during high school and then before i could enter college i was replaced in the group so right right that was short-lived right but (laughs) but you still did come up with the one song right um i I sang on Jam On Me, yes. and I sang Fascinated, right. and there was another song that a friend of mine recently sent to me that I didn't, it, I don't think it was ever released, but um, there was a YouTube clip for it, so maybe it was, maybe it was released on some kind of obscure. Well, um, was the YouTube clip live, it, it, or, or was it? it? No, it wasn't live, it was just a the song on YouTube and it said company B it's called turned up and he plays it and he goes, Charlotte, is this you? And I'm like, Oh my goodness. I don't even remember that. So I had to listen to it like four or five times before I could really even recognize my voice. Mind you, that's like 30 years ago, right? right. 30 years ago. So, um, that was pretty weird. (laughs) So, but the, so jam on me and fascinated are the only songs that I sang on that made it onto their album that they didn't take my voice off of okay after i was i wasn't i was no longer in the group but you still got then, some credit for it or you didn't or how, how, how did that work out um, they tried not to give me credit uh-huh uh you know so i had to kind of do my homework and make sure that that worked out for me it took a while it took a very long while well i know that the girl groups that they were making back then it was kind of a, a thing I, I think they did expose as well and there was a a rotating members in, in that yep way. And yep. and they had the same kind of uh, of of pitfalls uh, with uh, yeah. getting credit as well. Back then, the groups were uh, producer driven, or and you know, and freestyle was more of a DJ driven type in you know genre of music back then. So um, yeah, it was not much love for the artists, but you know, I stuck with it, and eventually, I got you know acknowledgement and credit for it so it all worked out yeah um, i can see it on the wikipedia page for sure that <laughs> you are credited as being part of company b and, and yeah. you know and and uh you got back together with them a little more short, recently. for a short period of time yes bit. okay um i i i i um I was the person that brought the group back and initially and um well i was approached after from a casey um concert after a casey concert casey would introduce the band and he would say that i was the you know the original voice of this song and he goes you might remember it and i would sing a little piece of it so there was some freestyle promoter in the audience of one of the shows and then he later contacted me and asked if i would do a show so i was still um, very good friends with Susan and I asked her if she wanted to do it and you know I um, included my friend my good friend Rachel Leslie mm-hmm. um, who lives out in Vegas now I got you yes um, that's right I, I got Rachel involved with us and and we you know we went out and did some shows and and then that kind of 
took its own direction <laughs> and I just continued with what I was doing. And now Susan is running the group. Well, so. by all accounts, Susan Gonzalez Johnson, she is wonderful. Uh, you know, I, I appreciate seeing all her stuff come up on social media as well. And she mm-hmm. really is promoting the company B band uh, for that matter. But it was yeah, it was such a hoot to see, yeah it was such a hoot to see you guys there and I, I remember I guess you performed at a skating rink uh, when I first uh, when when you first came back together if that was if that's correct mm, uh, our very first show was at the AAA for Freestyle Explosion gotcha gotcha I don't think I made it to that event but uh, all right well yes 1987 when that song came out and. I'm sure you had some mixed feelings on that when it was, you know, number one and you weren't getting credit there. But moving on from 1987, Mm -hmm. where did you go? I had a few singles that I released. Um, I think Thief in the Night was the first one and um, Dance to the Rhythm and Honey Bee. Can, can, um, can we get a hold of these songs anyway? Yeah, they're all available on iTunes. Uh, okay, and they're all under Discology? On, yep, they're under the Discology, and they're also Discography. And they're all yes. they're also available. Um, you can find the, the videos on YouTube for those, and, and they're on iTunes, I know, for sure. Well, I'm finding um, all the links so I can put them on the show notes for sure. <laughs> I'm trying to think of... What other songs I had during that time? Let's see. <laughs> it's kind of hard to come up with them off the top of your head. Uh, yeah. But certainly you, you stayed active in music. Stayed very much so. So I, after those singles is when I left to, I was kind of waiting out the end of that record deal. Right. And I left and that's when I went to the Bahamas. Yes. Yes. I come back from the Bahamas and I, um, just being a mom. Yes, you were. <laughs> and then I started doing just like local gigs. Just, you know, put a few books in my pocket and um and to keep singing and and figure out where, where I was gonna go next. So what, I what had kind of, a, what kind of local gigs? Did you do bars or weddings, bar mitzvahs? So uh, um County a Fairs. Of everything. A little, <laughs> a little of everything. I I worked with a gentleman named um Alan Harris, who's a jazz singer. I oh. sang back up with, with Alan. And uh, he would feature us occasionally. (laughs) And then um, I also sang at Monty's. I started at Monty's in Coconut Grove, where I have been back and forth in that place since like 1991. I like that. So anytime like between tours and everything, the only time that I wasn't there for a long stint was like when I was on tour with for the 12 years I was out with Casey. Okay. Uh, How did Casey start? (laughs) <laughs> let's let's go I'm there since there. you keep mentioning okay you're getting to that okay <laughs> i'm so excited yeah. i'm so excited charlie mckinnon i want to know <laughs> yeah well yeah so after um doing i was doing local gigs you know clubs around town the clevelander and oh, that's um, cool. some some wedding bands and um you know lots of other stuff i've done a lot of i did a lot of session work you know during that time too when i wasn't um what does session work entail? Recording myself. Uh, background vocals for other singers. Oh, I like that. I hooked up with a, um, two very talented young men, um, uh, Kiki Garcia and Hector Almaguer. He, the, uh, Kiki wrote um, 
That's his famous line. Oh, the conga. Yeah, he was in, uh, he was the percussionist, the original percussionist in that Come on, that that song is all percussion. Good job. I hooked up with him and um, with the two of them and was doing quite a bit of session work. So I was doing a lot of stuff on the Latin market, um, backgrounds for a lot of artists on the Latin Latin scene, um, and so I, I, I have like a little that. back. I have a little backstory to my Spanglish. So, <laughs> on, on my job at Burdines, there was it was commission based. Uh-huh. So we got a small salary, and then you you made commission on how many sales you could make. And um, during the week, you would call and try to make appointments. And and on the weekends, you'd go down and hand out the gift certificates to people. And then you'd come up and you get their information and come up and call them during the week <laughs> to get them to come in and, and do a photo shoot. So um, there was a span. We learned a script. Uh-huh. And um, and there was a Spanish script. And, you know, being in South Florida and I worked at the downtown store on Miami <laughs> Avenue in Flagler. <laughs> Right on the middle, and, um, yeah. And when and when I think I've been in that right store. Here, when 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 I couldn't, um, I wasn't getting enough appointments because I I didn't speak Spanish. So I took the Spanish script home and learned it. I listened to them say it enough, and you know, having a musician's ear, I could just kind of mimic yeah. and pr- pretty much sound Spanish. So I learned that script. And my uh, um, supervisor was so impressed. I got employee of the week for like a whole month. How did that (laughs) feel? (laughs) That was great. (laughs) It was so funny. And she was like, I can't believe this girl. She doesn't speak a lick of Spanish, but I could speak just enough. I could say just enough of the script to get them, get their information and then pass it along to somebody. So it would still be my um, appointment. That was kind of cool. All right, Charlotte McKinley, you you kind of just glossed over it. It doesn't matter how big of a star you become. It's nice to be recognized by your peers. It's nice to get those (laughs) accolades. So yay, Burdines, you recognized. She did a good job, and and you gave her a little award. (laughs) Well, you know, so they when I met Kiki and Hector, they're like, do do you speak any spanish and i'm like no but i can learn right phonetically. and they go okay so we'll, we'll try something so they brought me in and i started doing background vocals for artists like um el puma and um uh uh Asuka moreno that's great i don't Asuka moreno there they had a big hit called mambo and I sang all the backgrounds and all the ad libs, and then it led to them winning a Latin Grammy and getting a, a Diet Coke commercial. And then I got called to come back and do all the back backing vocals for the Diet Coke commercial, which ran for a, a, almost a year internationally. So Damn. that was a nice little paycheck. <laughs> yeah. So what what felt better, getting the Birdines Award or getting that uh, Latin Grammy? I, it's all the same to me. It's like how much work you you put in this yes. work, and then you get to see results coming back. So it's it's pretty much. I look at. I try to look at it all the same. If if I'm working with Casey and the Sunshine Band, or if I'm working at Monty's, I try to put in that same effort 
because that's how I'm looking at it. I'm looking at it. Bert, um, Monty's is a chance for me to practice for those other gigs. You yeah, know? for those people listening, whatever you do, do it well. Excel. Uh, be like Charlotte McKinnon. Be the best. <laughs> <laughs> if you're going to do it, yeah. do it right, right? I had this phrase. Someone asked me if I was going to try to sing forever. Aren't you going to try to do something else? Because you can't, you know, try to become a star your whole life. Ooh. And that's like, I'm going to sing for $2 or $2 million. Yeah. So. <laughs> yeah. People ask me, uh, you're 50 now. You should stop DJing. I don't think you're in touch with the kids. I just did a prom and I think I'm plenty in touch. I don't think I'll right? stop. Just keep going. Right. <laughs> so. The performer's got to perform. The show must go on. All those cliches. It's true. So uh, we did. Um, who else did we do? We did. Um, did I say Cheyenne? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, De Blasio. Wow. There was some songs on his album. And, you know, so that was fun. And, um yeah, these are some big Latin artists, and and you're in Miami, in the heart of it. Just to, you know, there's three, three or four different places in this country that you think of when you're thinking of, you know, where the famous people go, where where do you go to record, where do you go to make it? Yes, you can go to Hollywood, you can go to New York, you can go to Miami, Nashville if you want to do the country stuff. So, but you're in it. Uh, you, you know, you've you've probably met so many people and worked with so many people down there. And this is just my imagination. You can confirm or deny anything. <laughs> but Charlotte McKinnon, we're taking, we're going through your life. You're you're a Latin backup singer in addition to your credits. That's fantastic. Yeah. So that also led to I. There was an, a young lady, Anita Wilson, that sometimes came in, and I would do sessions with her. They, I, I guess, they used her, you know, for other music as well. And she was um, connected with the uh, Stefan Camp, so she was over there doing a lot of work at their studio. And um, when Juan Cicada was starting his career. Oh, you mean, you mean when they before. Americanized him and said John Cicada? Okay, yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry. I still call him one. But, um, so when, I, because I remember, you know, the, the guys that I sang with at Monty's were all from UM. They all went to UM together. And um, Juan went to UM and he, you know, so he was friends with them. And from time to time, he would come into Monty. So I had met him before. And so when he was getting, when his career was taking off and they were working on that first album, Anita called me to come in and do some vocals over there. So I got to sing on Juan's album as well. A couple songs, like I think three songs on his album, on his first album. Yeah, that, that yeah. album was great. Cool. I remember, I, I think I met them in Key Largo. They did something down there. And, uh, mm -hmm. it, you know, they did, you know, if you go and angel and he had some great hits uh, on yeah, there. very well, smooth. Very and, good. And you, you had some background. Band. Yeah. I sang background on three songs. I don't really remember. Let me see. Um, and he had Spanish versions of his songs featuring and presentation. Let me see if it shows up on this discord. <laughs> no, nope, I don't see it on here, but I know one of them was, uh, 
I can't remember. I can't even call him right now. Oh, I know. He, he had some hits, though. So, all right, just a shout-out to John Cicada. Uh, look him up as well and find out find his hits from from uh, back then. I think it was in the 90s uh, when he was doing his his big stuff. And, and that was produced by the Estefans, right? Okay, here we go. Oh, okay. Uh, um, I just put in vocal credits on Discogs. And John Cicada, um, it just says his name. It doesn't tell me the songs. Yeah, that's fine. Um, it says a, a Suco Moreno's listed Company B. Okay. <laughs> wow, some of these songs I don't even remember. Fly away. Looks like Charlotte McKinnon is uh, is discovering things about herself that she didn't yeah, know she was credited time. with. <laughs> <laughs> so okay, so look here's the here is what you, um distant love is listed here first yes and the singer's name was will cammon which i don't think he's with us anymore oh okay um but yeah will cammon was the the person i did the duet with that is crazy i don't even own a copy of that anymore. <laughs> that's beautiful that is crazy <laughs> well um, so i'm glad also, we brought him up good there is something else here um i missed a group mm. well yeah it was after this it was so after all of that and i started back at doing shows and i was doing the background stuff i got a call to audition for this group i would go on like random auditions every now and then this is somewhere around the mid 90s early 90s okay. early 90s and um i was working at monty's at the time and a friend of mine called me and he sent me first thing he sent me on was for like to audition for some movie that never happened. I got the part, but it never happened. And then I then he sent me out to uh, um, to be an extra in a commercial. And Pele was the star it was like a, a Coke commercial or something. I can't remember exactly. Pepsi, I think. Pepsi. And Pele, Pele. Pele was the star of the, the commercial, so that was kind of cool. Pele then, hasn't played soccer in 20 years. He's still the, yeah, the so name he, for soccer. Right. Whenever you, you think of soccer, who, you go, you know oh. exactly who he is. Yeah. And then, um, then the third call I got from him was to go and audition for this gr girls group. And I'm like, do I really want to be in a girls group again? <laughs> so I went, and I, I landed the gig, and it was um, I was actually replacing a singer because they were already had an album and had been doing shows and had a song on the radio and um they were ready to release a second single and they got they were replacing a girl so um it, and the group was called three times love okay all right probably never heard of them and that which that song should be available on itunes but i'm not exactly sure i have to check that out but i know there's a video on 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 um YouTube for three times love. So how did you feel? Did it feel like deja vu all over again when you were going into another girl group being produced by, a, I guess, a DJ, or a record producer? Um, it was a little different okay. um, because it was, a, no, number one, it was a different genre. Yes. And, um, and then there was another strong singer in the group. Like with Company B, there wasn't. Company so, B, you kind of all shared the 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 reins, the lead, right? Um, not exactly. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> I'll limit that. But um, so this new group, uh, three times love. New group, yeah, they had other strong singers. So um, 
but this um the next the, the follow-up single was one that i was able to sing so that was the next song that was released in the video and that was fun and we toured it was it was a smaller operation um r&b is a wasn't as uh it didn't cross over as big as it does now it's more it's the r&b is almost just as big as pop now so so when you say toured where did you go we we toured in um just the country so mostly the southeast region and the east coast but we know we did a few shows in the midwest I like as that. well, but as a touring musician, okay, now, all right, let's uh, go into a little personal there. Where did where did Erica stay? Because as a touring musician, you got to give yeah. up a lot of things. So very much so. So that was difficult initially because mm. um, she was very young, right. and and my family, my family helped her. Um, my her grandmother, my mom, um, helped a lot with her, and um, her father's mom as well, and his. Her aunt, his sister Jillian, she um, took Erica for a couple months. I remember one time when I was gone, and Erica stayed in Connecticut with her and her soon-to-be cousin. Hey. <laughs> and um, so that's it was it was always family. I was very fortunate in that in that regard. But for the most part, um, throughout my career, it, it has been my mother. It's good to I have people backing most, you up. Yes. Yeah, I trusted her the most with Erica, and and that is pretty much why I'm living with my mom at this time because, you know, we were back and forth a lot, and um, when after Erica left for school, I stayed here because <laughs> I was still touring, and um, it just made sense. And now that um, she's older, you know, and needs help, it. I was already here and it just it just worked out the way it was supposed to. No, it sounds like you make uh, it makes a lot of sense. Family is important. If if there's mm-hmm. anyone that's going to back you up more than anybody else, it's probably your family. You can't choose them. You may not no. always get along with them, but it's family. <laughs> yeah. For, for sure. Yeah. Family uh, to me is, you know, if you have a close-knit family, that's great, but if you don't, you can acquire that. You can build a family with your friends and, you know, just choose them wisely and, and, you know, and make a community for yourself with people that are like-minded, that have the same values and, you know, you can create that as well. It doesn't, it doesn't always work out for people that it's their, their um, immediate family or blood relatives, you know. Do you feel like you've developed a lot of good friendships, a lot of good relationships throughout the years? Yes, yes, of course. You can count on. Mm-hmm. You got a few Most people you want to shout out, or, or... <laughs> there's too many to call. That's true. That's true. If you if you miss one, they're gonna go. Oh, <laughs> yeah, I know. I have a lot of very close friends still from from um, high school wow, and college great. days, and from the groups that I've been in. You know, so. And, other, you know, musicians that I've worked with over the years that, you know, we're still pretty close. And, and nowadays with social media, you can just keep up with people in that way. You don't even have to make phone calls or visit as much like you, you used to have to. So 
Well, and that's um, another reason that I developed this podcast is I like to talk to people. I, I found myself uh, putting my face in my phone a lot. And I said, mm-hmm. you know what? I'm not having any real deep conversations with people. And I think this is a, a way to 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 uh, to fix that, fix that mm-hmm. in my life. So I, I'm having a deep conversation with Charlotte McKinnon and finding out more. <laughs> and, and, and then my listeners are getting to find out more about you as yeah. well. So, yeah, that's deep. You're, you're getting yep. deep. I like that. You know, going deep. Yeah, so no, touring musicians, times. you know, giving up their, mm-hmm. their families a little bit. And mom helped you out. And now you're helping yeah, mom. Yeah, my mom. Yep. So my I, mom. you did the, the Southeast tour with uh, yeah, Three Times with Love. Three Times Love. And our song was, um, our song was, I can't believe I keep having these brass parts. <laughs> Having these brain farts. You have so many songs. Our song was I Want to Groove. I Want to Groove by Three Times Love. (laughs) We, our tour, we were on tour with um, SWV and Troop. And I remember we would do shows at conventions because back then they had a lot of conventions. Um, The... The BRE and the Jack the Rapper and... These were all like R&B conventions and the, um, and we, I remember being on the lineup with Mary J. Blige mm. at one, one time. So that was, How'd that, that feel? was pretty cool. <laughs> that was cool. And Christopher Williams, there were so many acts that we, you know, kind of were on the same billings with at that time. And it was nice. Well, you I- know, it was. I, I was always really just observant, watching everybody and how they conducted themselves and and trying to pay attention to their performances, you know, when we had a chance to see them. Because sometimes if it's a really big lineup, they're moving people in and out and you don't really get a chance to watch everybody perform. But um, or you're off to your next thing, you know, you've got interviews or whatever it can be really, really hectic at times. But um, I, I just tried to pay attention to what was going on and and how the ship was run, you know, who's in charge and, um, you know, who's the creative one and who's the most vocal and just kind of paying attention to the things that they're saying, how they treat their fans, all those things. I was just taking it in. That's where I would find myself most of the time. Charlotte McKinnon, you can be the, you can do the best job that you want to do. You can be the best performer, give the best performance that you can give. But then when you, you work with people that are on this other level, you, you got to kind of learn to see what they're doing. And yeah. how, how do, or how do I get to that next step? And that's even how people that aren't even open. Right. Right. I feel like there's something to learn from everybody and Absolutely. I would just pay attention. So, you know, yeah, Sometimes I, I, that, yeah. everybody be off to go and try to get pictures with or autographs from the stars that just perform. And there's another opening act before they bring on the next big star. And I'm like, I'm trying to watch the performance because yeah. <laughs> that's from where my head was at one of the great but, things um, about sitting backstage is to learn about the sound and how they set up and how how yeah. they make their marks and and how they move across the stage and, mm-hmm. and and interact with the crowd and yeah you pick that one person out there and you touch their their hand and ooh, wow that you just made that whole person's life <laughs> by touching their hand yeah you have that power when you're up there on that stage you know so you're so you did this tour with three times Did that love. Tour, and that was a lot of fun and Big the one. girls were fun and you know we got our stories everybody has their stories 
and um and, and it was great and we did our music video for that which was the first time i you know had done a music video because i missed all that with the company b they um so and that was a lot of fun um, yeah tell me about that music video where was it it was it was shot here in South Florida. We we got a few locations that we did. Um, our manager at the time was uh, Lewis Oliver from the he played he was a played for the Dolphins. I think what was Lewis a safety? I don't please know. oh please don't please don't. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm don't looking up that, that video up. right now Lewis, for three I'm times sorry, love. I know he's probably not even listening, but uh, some, some his, his fans. Oh, he might. might. This thing lives <laughs> out there correct. forever. <laughs> but I, I'm looking at this uh, this video for Three Times Love. I want a groove. It's on. Oh, cool. It's on YouTube, and yeah. there you are, Charlotte McKinnon, in all your glory, dancing around in a shower. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we yeah. So we you know we we dance we uh part of it was shot at their their camp. Okay. At the Dolphins camp. Yeah. And um, in the locker room. I see that. Yeah. And on and the field. over at Bayside and out on a boat. We had a good time. And on a boat. And Look at you on a boat. Yeah. It was it was a lot of fun, you know. So we did a lot of sports events and, you know, playing at benefits and stuff that they had for they were doing fundraisers and all those types of things. We did a lot. Um, and that was all fun. That looks like a lot of fun. And you know, you make a couple bucks while you're at it. That's, yeah, and we that, were still young and my daughter's in the video at the end. That's super. Yep. I think my sister was in it. I had all my people in it. Well, that's what you do. You <laughs> tap on your family first. I just mentioned it. you know, the first thing when you're trying to get projects off the ground, you tap your family. Yeah. Hey, can even if it's to help this help me lift this furniture, uh this put this set together and Erica Knows how to put sets together. How about that? <laughs> yes, she does. Because, like I said, she's been around it her whole life. So, yes, yes. Yeah. So, you, yeah, you definitely added. You definitely t- uh, it's, were instrumental in her career that she's in now. Is teaching her about sets and and putting things together in artistic ways. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's cool! And I found that video three times. Love, look it up. Three X Love, nineteen ninety three. I want a groove. It's yeah. It's being hosted on uh, Zeki sixty two Nostalgia um, uh, YouTube. So find that. Yeah, there's yeah, there's a few of them out there, and the same video, of course. But yeah, so um, so after um, three times love kind of diminished. <laughs> okay. Um, we, I I went back to Monty's, and I hung out there for a while, and went back to doing like my session work, and then picking up you know random gigs around. Did that for a while, and I wanted to be home because I wanted to be with Erica. Yes. And, you know, so for, I guess, like the next seven or eight years, I was yeah. home. I'm glad you developed and, this relationship with Monty's, uh, th- and that's great that, that you have a, a place that you can go and play and perfect your craft and entertain people while you're at it. it, it this is so nice. Big ups to, to Monty's for, yeah. for giving you a home. Time. And it's 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 home because it's five minutes from my house. Yes, exactly. It's outside, which is one of the requirements for me. Yeah, I, I pl- like being. I love being outdoors, and and it, it's an outdoor gig, so I, I just love it. And um, so 
I, I'm very grateful for that. Yeah. And I know it's a rough life sometimes as a musician when you're not on tour, if you're a touring musician, even for the um, musicians here at home, they struggle during the summertime because it's not, that's not our season, you know? No, it's so, hot. Everything slows down and because the weather's nice everywhere. So people are having events in their own cities. Correct. They're not flying here to do it. And so that's less gigs for them. And usually the musicians are hurting. They're getting temp jobs and, you know, doing whatever they got to do to hold on for the summertime. And I am I used to be on tour during the summer. So, so I'd be out on tour in the summer and I'd come home and work during the, you know, the rest of the year and. And that worked out for me for a long time. That's why I've been able to maintain. But um, so after leaving, I came back to Monty's. I hung around. I did, you know, more session work stuff. And um, and then um, I ran off to Cancun. And I was doing a gig over there for a few months. And um, I want to run off to Cancun. How did you end up there? (laughs) Um, actually a friend was calling, looking for one of the singers from three times love to do that gig actually. And we couldn't find her and she, she just wasn't available. And, um, um, so when he couldn't find her, I was like, well, what is it for? And so I went Yeah. and I met, well, I had a chance to work with this young lady that I met previously. She was doing cruise ships. Her name is Donna Huntley. Okay. Um, come to find out, she had been a member of. Oh wait, let me start here. So when I met her, she came. She comes to Monty's with one of the my fellow musicians. They were friends, close friends. They had toured together, I think, with Cheyenne. Oh. And he brings her to Monty's. She's hanging out, and she's like Charlotte McKinnon, the Charlotte McKinnon. <laughs> I'm just looking like. Okay, yeah, right, whatever. And she's she's like, no, you sang Fascinated. And I'm looking at her and I looked at my friend and he goes, I didn't tell her that. And she goes, I know-ish. She goes, I was actually in the group. So <laughs> oh, we okay. she was in the group later, you know, years later, I guess after Susan had left or something. So she was there for sure a while. Sure is, says 1989 I- to 1990. Donna, Donna Huntley. Huntley. There she yeah. is. So we became really good friends. And when I found out that she was on that gig, I'm like, I'm definitely going because I want a chance to work with her. She's done those cruise ships. So she was putting her own shows together for a while. They had, she had her own show on, um, on, on the cruise, on the cruise lines. And um, I think that she had worked like 10 or 10 plus years on the cruise lines. And she, you know, it's phenomenal. That's got to be an interesting life, working on cruise lines surrounded by water yep. and not being able to get off of that cruise ship. Well, you when, when they port, you do. <laughs> you get to go and see the city when when they port with everybody else. So. Right. Um, so she, you know, I, I got together with her and, and got to watch her work because she put our show together. And she was like, anything you want to learn? She goes, why are you here? She was always asking me questions <laughs> like that. So we just became really good friends. And then we started like exchanging books with each other and um, and just getting into these really deep conversations. And and she just was someone that really, really inspired me, became one of one of my mentors. And um, when I when we left Cancun, I said, "Okay, I'm ready to go and do something else. I don't I want to travel. I I knew I didn't want to do the cruise ships and I needed (laughs) something 
that was uh, conducive to my lifestyle because I have a daughter. Now, this was Donna Huntley. Was that on a cruise ship or was that directly in Cancun? It was was just in Cancun. Cancun. We had a show called Las Vivas and um, we performed at the convention center and a few other venues. And then when that show was over, she and I just put some, there was three of us at first and then the other, other young lady left after the first show ran. And then um, the, the two of us put some shows together and she had spoke a little Spanish. So <laughs> we enlisted some dancers and got costumes and we did like, um, but we would do these uh, shows around town, so it was kind of cool. Very. We cool. did it. We did it. We did a tribute to like uh, Gloria Stefan on one one show. We did a tribute to um, uh, Janet Jackson on another show. It was a lot of fun, and just you know, paying attention to she, you know, she was teaching me about the lighting, about staging, about. Uh, dialogue and we you know I had to write everything out and it, it was it really helped me step my game up as a performer you know so I, I will always be grateful to her for that yeah. um, and when I came back from that I was I had decided that I was ready to do something else I didn't know what I didn't know how right I was remaining open to it and I was turning down all these gigs that were coming my way, just, you know, the local gigs again. And um, so what what was coming your way? I mean, people were calling and saying, Charlotte McKinnon, can you do this for me? Yeah, well, yeah, just the local gigs again, being this R&B band, being this pop band, being this wedding band, whatever. And I'm like, I'm not available right now, but I can help you until you find someone. You know, I still take some work, but um, I'm not going to commit to this right now because I'm looking to do something else oh well what are you trying to do i'm like i haven't figured that out yet <laughs> right and right nothing in your days, head that, that could... nothing no, nothing was in my head at all i i was leaving that open for the universe because that's how i that's how i felt about it i just felt that whatever it was it was going to be bigger than something that i could imagine i didn't yes. know what it was and i that's the energy that i was putting out there i just said it's going to be bigger than something i'm going to imagine so i'm not even going to bother to imagine it i'm just going to say i'm open right now and that's what i did and for 20 days i did that and on the 20th day i got a phone call and it was to go and be a sub to sub for casey and sunshine band uh, bu- 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 what what year was this <laughs> this was 99 99 life could be changing right now <laughs> <laughs> so i mean you know there were other things in the interim there was this group Labouche, Labouche, their yeah. singer took off for a minute, and they wanted me to come. But you know, I had Erica, so they were in Europe. Right, that didn't work for me, and you know, a few other things too, and then that I just had to turn down. So, um, because I wanted to be around my daughter, and when I went out with Casey, it was for a weekend, mm-hmm. and they called me and said, "Can you cover, you know, these three days?" And I'm like, hell yeah. <laughs> so Casey and the Sunshine Band, are you kidding me? Right. And um, so I'm like, I love that music. So I started listening to everything and then they send me the music and I met up with them at the studio, a, re- a rehearsal studio, South Florida rehearsal studio, one of our favorite spots to 
go and rehearse all bands around town. That's the, and, name of um, the place, South Florida. Yeah, South Florida Rehearsal Studios. Been rehearsing there for as long as I can remember <laughs> with almost every band that I've been in. Well, I've always liked Casey because we share the same birthday. January thirty first. Yeah. Yes, and I'm from Opalaka, Hialeah, in that same area. Okay, nice. <laughs> so after um the 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 weekend, I did the gig, and Casey was really nice. The fir- when I first met him, I met him actually. Didn't meet him until soundcheck the first day, the first show, yeah. which was at the House of Blues in Chicago. Oh, okay. All the way to Chicago. All the way to Chicago was the first show, and I can't remember really where the second two shows were. It's like you're, was in- you're living 20 minutes away from each other in Miami, and uh, and you meet each other in Chicago. Yeah. Isn't that so odd? I, I had rehearsed with um, the band and the other singer, Maria De Crescenzo. Okay. The cool. lovely yeah. Maria. The, oh, with a voice from God. Oh, she's oh, amazing. That uh, voice. Yeah. <laughs> and um, so... We do the show, and Casey is hilarious. He's just smiling at me the entire time. His face is lit up. Yes. And I'm like, wow, he's a really, you know, friendly guy. Is he always like this? And everybody's just laughing, whatever. He's, you know, he was happy. Uh, so, And then he asked me, could I do the following weekend? And I'm like, sure. You know, and I'm like, okay. So then after that weekend, they asked if I could stay on. But this is also and in Chicago. You stayed a week in Chicago. No, no, we did. We were in a different city every day. Oh wow! Okay, every day. Every every show, you're usually in a different city. Yes. But it was his schedule was mostly weekends and summers. Yes. So that was something that could work for me. Yes. And I could be there at PTA meetings and you know school plays and take her to school in the morning and. You know, I was like, this could work. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, and that lasted 12 years. From, wow. From from one weekend to 12 years. And Erica, you know, graduated from high school while I was with Casey. And, amazing. Yep. So and not so, only did you find an amazing job in the entertainment business, you found a job that worked around your schedule as a parent. Yep. Hello, <laughs> the, yeah. the best of every world, Charlotte McKinnon. Uh-huh. When you believe and you open yourself up to it, I think good things can happen. But you got to have the faith and you got to exercise it and you got to, you know, you got to put your work in, of course. You know, I, I had been working all those years trying to become the best performer that I could be and trying to have the best attitude about it. It was really difficult after I left Company B not to be bitter about music. I was at one point, but, you know, I learned to let that go right. and keep it moving. Yeah, a lot of so, people, uh, you know, believe that if you put it out into the universe, it will come back to you. And indeed, it seems like that's what happened, Charlotte McKinnon, for you. You never know when it's going to happen, though. It can happen yeah. 30 years later. It can happen the next day. You never know, but you got to remain open to it, you know. And, so, and, and that's and, not always easy with the rest of life going on around you. You were talking about KC when you first got back together with uh, Company B and he would give you a shout out and you would sing a little bit of Fascinated. I got to see that firsthand. You were probably 30 feet away from me when uh, <laughs> when KC said, hey, here's Charlotte McKinnon. She's of Company B. And then you came out and belted out Fascinated. 
<laughs> could you do it in a higher key? <laughs> could you do it? Could you do it right now? Just I know you're oh not. Oh my goodness! Up. Just do it. Do it for me. I'm fascinated by your love, boy. Yes. Oh, those chills that came right it's back. Not warmed up at all. Right but back yeah, up my back, spine. Back then, when we were playing, I forget what song we were playing at the end. Of, was it "Give It Up"? No, it wasn't "Give It Up." It was some kind of jam we were doing when he does the intro. So it's in a higher, the jam was in a higher key than what Fascinated is in. And that's, and I didn't know that. I'm just belting like, right. But you know, when you're on stage, your adrenaline is way up. So you're, you're able to do some things you probably didn't think you could do. Hey, I don't know uh, these things. I'm no singer. You are, you are the singer, Charlotte McKinnon. It was the keyboard player, Nick Marinovich, who's a really good friend of mine. He goes by Nick Marino now. Okay. He, he's got an awesome career. You can follow him. You can look him up on YouTube. On on, on um, You can Google him. Shout out but, Nick Marino. Um, he, yep. Uh, Marino. So he was, a, he was a, um, the keyboard player then. And he goes, Charlotte, you know you're singing this song. Like, it's higher than the key that it's in. And I was like, oh, my goodness. You know, it. So that was that was kind of cool. But yeah, hats off to Nick. Hats off to Casey for all the opportunities that he afforded me, you know, a better life for me and my daughter and allowing me to stay in music and on that level, you know, and all the the great shows that we did being on TV and a movie and a commercial and just so many, many opportunities that I, I wouldn't have gotten just hanging around here in Miami or who knows. <laughs> Over in Europe, where you know, I'd yeah, be you could have been with Labouche. <laughs> yeah, you could have said, "Be my lover," in that in that Labouche. Yep. <laughs> Wanna be my lover? Yep, that's it. That's it. So, um, that um, that that was a great time, and you know, uh, so I joined Casey. I want to say May '99, in December, early December that year, I got a call. From my friend Rachel Leslie, uh-huh. and I mentioned before, she and I were good friends. We met at the Clevelander. She was a cocktail waitress, and I was singing in the band. And she goes, "I'm a singer." I'm like, "Well, come up and sing something." So at the end of the night, I brought her up, and she sang a song and blew us all away. And we we're like, "Damn, this girl can sing!" Yeah. So we started. She was already singing, you know, with other bands and stuff. And but she was a cocktail waitress there on Sunday nights when we played. And um, then we started using her to sub for the other girl that wasn't Sherry. That wasn't when Sherry wasn't there. And um, so Rachel and I became really, really good friends. And we just connected immediately and we stayed in touch with each other. She moved away to Vegas and she gets a call to go on tour with Jennifer Lopez. Oh. And they and they asked her who would she want to sing with and she said you got to call Charlotte. <laughs> so they <What>? called me. <laughs> All my gigs have come through referrals from other musicians and friends that I know. That's why you got to be nice good. to people all the time. <laughs> be a good person. You never yeah. know. So yeah, they I, might help you pay your rent one day. You know, I it's think possible. Three Times Love was the only gig that I ever auditioned for. Like, yeah. you know, so. Well, I, I, I flew out to L.A. and went to the rehearsals. You know, I downloaded a bunch of her stuff. Well, I went actually went out and purchased as I wasn't that technically savvy. 
in 99 for downloading but i i went out and purchased her um her cds and started listening to all her songs and flew out to la and you know went through a few rehearsals casey had had a couple weeks off so i went and um and we did two weeks rehearsal one week in la one week in new york and then we flew to europe and did some shows and it was the love don't cost the thing tour she was uh, launching her um j-lo brand the perfume and her clothing and she was also um uh promoting the which movie was it um I want to say Made in Manhattan. Let's go with that. <laughs> I think it was that movie. Excellent. So she was promoting a movie and that she's such a savvy businesswoman. Like she, I paid attention to that too. Like Yeah, she, I imagine. Um, I imagine you learned she, a lot from Jennifer Lopez. Yeah, from everybody. She would, when she, she doesn't tour constantly like Casey and everybody, but when she has a record, she does her promotional tour. She drops her. The movie career. Um, the, she drops her uh, her other products l- lines. She always launches a campaign for them at the uh, same time okay. as she's doing her musical promotion. So and smart. then the movie was coming. Everything comes out at the same time. And she goes and does one big, you know, promotional thing and comes back. So, you know, they we get to Europe and there's this big private jet with her name on it. and you know we're flying through europe on a private plane and it was so much fun and you know meeting all those people and everybody was really excited because it was the you know she was huge at that time yeah just just flying on a private plane with jennifer lopez no big deal (laughs) in europe no big deal no problem and she was friendly and you know we were the only girls besides like her um, stylist and makeup artist because the the dancers were male and the rest of the band members were male. So we were the only other girls. So at times she would invite us to come and hang out with her, you know, so that was fun. And we go up and sit in her little first class section, which was like two huge couches that led out to beds. I was like, now this is dope. (laughs) Yeah, this is the life. Okay, (laughs) this is what I've been working for. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, or when you know we're doing our fittings, we have a little girl powwow with her. When when the girls like the guys would come and do their fittings, and then we would come and she would come in and what your girls wearing? What what y'all you know you know she was friendly with us, so that was very nice. And and one I remember one really nice thing she did. Um, it was after that tour, we were in New York rehearsing for. Um, was it yeah we're rehearsing for saturday night live and it was close to valentine's i think and um luther vandross walks in what and he serenades her this is when she was dating puffy so Uh he serenades her as a gift from puffy and she's just smitten it was it was she was like oh my god is this for real and i was like yes girl you better enjoy it so we're all sitting there and she's being so sweet so we're sitting there watching her you know get serenaded to by luther vandross everybody's it's it's a draw dropping moment and afterwards she was like come sit with me and we went went over and sat with her and we're talking with her and everything and um i think her 
she she had just gotten a cover of a magazine or something. So I had gone out and bought it. I'm like, can you sign this for me? And she's like, yes, of course. And um, and I get a phone call from home and my daughter's on the phone and she's like, you have a kid. Oh, my God. And you're out here with me. Let me talk to her. What? <laughs> That's so sweet. Erica on the phone. That's so sweet. And how old was Erica at this time? Like nine or ten. Nine or ten. Does she have any awareness of who Jennifer Lopez was? I guess. Of course. I guess she had some kind of awareness. Sure, she did. Of but course. That's fantastic did, yeah. to tell yeah. the kids at school next day. Hey, I just talked to J Lo on the phone. No big deal. Yeah. So she signed it to Erica, and that was that was a moment. Well, I got to give it up to uh, Sean Puffy Combs, good, setting the bar high. You know, why don't, why don't you set <laughs> Luther Vandross? Making us all look bad. Who can keep up with that? <laughs> Come on, man. Wow. And just the, uh, to, I had been to several of uh, Luther's concerts, you know, and um, to but to hear him and see him in person like that. And he was kind, you know, he's. He said, I don't mind everybody staying, but I just, I really would appreciate if you don't, you know, I don't want people walking in and out while I'm singing. So yes. we're going to close the door. And once the door is closed, no in or out like that. Yeah. And he goes, these are some tracks that I use when I do like television, you know, like talk shows or whatever. And he puts the music on and he sings for her. And oh he just he sound exactly like the record exactly and, like and there's three oh, girls in this room where you're all melting well the, the whole band oh okay i don't know how many girls there were in there there were well she asked the girls to come sit with her on the couch but right yeah. were you all Absolutely. melting but yeah yes i could just imagine it's crazy it was a <laughs> moment boy like can you believe this just happened everybody's like can you believe what just happened every I yeah I, I'm I'm and having was, the, the vapors right now. Social media, so <laughs> can you imagine? Oh, I, I'm imagining <laughs> it right now. Luther Vandross just walked in and just started serenading that girl. Oh my goodness! Can you, can you imagine that live feed? Oh, that's beautiful. <laughs> that's beautiful. Okay, so you've had some moments in your life there, Charlotte McKinnon, <laughs> and that was a moment. That was a great moment with a Jennifer moment. Lopez, J Lo, oh, yeah, and, and later, you know, in Europe, though, right? Week, Late, pardon me in europe what part of europe was that no that was in that was here that was after the europe that was after came back and we were in new york rehearsing new york and we were we we're gonna do the um uh we were doing um saturday night live yes okay that's saturday night live that's right saturday i think night i remember night that episode uh, yeah yes uh, and that you were you were back up with with Jennifer Lopez or, or Casey? Yep. No, with okay. J with J Lo. I, th so, I know Casey was on SNL as well uh, at one point. I was never on there with Casey. Oh, so sad. Okay, all right. But, <laughs> hey, but with J Lo, that's fantastic. Yeah. So it, it might have more. been a situation where they didn't take his whole band or something. I don't know. Or that was when I wasn't with. Right, band. right. It might have might have been just before. It might have been just before. Yeah. Maybe maybe I'm misremembering. But uh, exciting. You with Jennifer Lopez? Yes, in New York. Later that um, month, or or was it before? We had we did the we did another show. No, 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 no. Back up. SNL. What what was SNL, SNL. like? Whoa. Whoa! <laughs> Whoa! Yeah, yeah. This is a that. show that's been on since the since uh, the mid seventies. So, hello, <laughs> this is a big yeah. show. It for me, it was kind of like just like that moment when you met Casey. 
it was like that. Like, you know, it was just an, a wow moment. And um, like, I can't believe this is my life. And yes, just kind of taking it in and seeing what the TV world is like, you know. Who did you meet at SNL? Will Ferrell. Yeah. Chris Kattan. Um, and then, you know, I was kind of, I had a, a, I had a friend that came up to visit with me. My, um, my ex-boyfriend's mom, she came and hung out. So I was hanging out with her That's a, a bit after moment that. For her. And, yeah, it was. I would, that was really nice of her to fly up too. Yeah. She was like, I'm not going to miss this. <laughs> and so we, we, we Oh, oh, I can come was, to SNL with, uh, Charlotte McKinnon and J-Lo. Yeah. Yeah. I'll yeah, be there. I'll she, be there. She, yeah. She came and that was really sweet. So I hung out with her for, for a minute. I hung out with the band. And Chris Kattan came over and hung out with us. And Will Ferrell, he was real cool with the band, too. You know, real, really friendly and cracking jokes the whole time. He was he was funny, really funny guy. And um, Chris, he was just smitten with uh, J-Lo. So he was he was hilarious as well. But they they hung out with the band and, and we thought that that was really cool. You know, because sometimes I remember the, they did they did that uh, that uh, mango uh, thing yeah. together. Yeah. <laughs> Did you get to watch any of that uh, yeah. uh, rehearsal? And yeah. There was one rehearsal that they ran through, and she was. Uh, I I know that they gave her her script like a couple days before to kind of go through, and so she didn't have much time to learn all this. So I was really impressed with you know. Her professionalism, she nailed it. That is the absolute most famous Mango in my mind. Uh, when he did the, the character, Mango was there before. But when J-Lo and Mango got together, that was fire. It was incredible. <laughs> and they had that fight. And she goes, I'm Puerto Rican. I will cut you. Yes. <laughs> yes. I was thinking, oh, was Lord. that made up on the fly or was that written? I don't was know. that scripted? Because that was fantastic. So, yes. She was, yeah, she was such a natural. I, I'd give it to her. She was, I, I could have really appreciate her talent be, and being able to see it up close like that. So, I mean, you're when you're a fan, it's one thing and you're watching them on, on the movies or on TV or whatever. But, you know, with movies, you get to go over those lines over and over and over and over. Like when we did the in-laws, we shot for three days that one thing. Three days. <laughs> you know, and then we'd yeah. be there for like a full day for three days. Right. Eight hour days there shooting different, you know, segments of that one scene. And um when you're performing live, you get one chance. Guess what? You get one chance. So, you know, just perspective of it all, you know, and and just really appreciating what people do, you know, you don't get to see sometimes the work that goes into um, a lot of these uh, performer performances. Now, SNL, you get a dress rehearsal. It, it is performed all live, correct? Or yes, was there it a is little backtrack? It was performed live. I think they started doing that backtrack after they had that little incident with... Um, TV started doing back drag after the whole, um, what was it, uh, uh, halftime thing with with Janet. I guess yes. After that, then then the live shows had to have a back drag so oh, that they I could correct it. anything like that from happening, well, prevent things like that from happening live on TV. But yeah, that was live. 
Yep. And what what year was this that you were on SNL? 90. That was in 2000. 2000. Uh, fantastic. And you met that great cast, and you worked with Jennifer Lopez. Uh, just, oh, it, I mean, it, was it a dress rehearsal and then the actual show? And, yep. And, I mean, how did that, how, was that? They did do one taping for, they did do this, like, Wednesday thing, or I think it was a Wednesday thing or a Thursday show or something. So yeah. we did have they did do a, a rehearsal and a taping for that. And then on Saturday, they did a, a taping for Saturday. Okay. So you have backup. See, a lot of people don't know that on SNL. Well, I no, I think, no, it was Saturday's show was shot live. Right. The Thursday or whatever thing they did was shot for some other little thing that they have. I'm not sure about that. I'm not exactly sure, but the Saturday show is definitely shot live. So, Maybe for promotional uh, support throughout the week, you shoot that little thing on Wednesday. So I'm not even you sure spend the whole exactly week what at, that was. You spent the whole I, I week. I think they had like another showing or something. Maybe it was like a syndicated thing. I okay. don't know. Gotcha. But you spend the whole week in New York uh, doing the uh, perform or uh, rehearsing for SNL. Mm-hmm. That's got to be an amazing thing. Uh, you know, I'm. I'm I'm fascinated. Fa- hey, I'm fascinated. <laughs> <laughs> I'm fascinated by by the uh, the, the whole the whole thing of of Saturday Night Live. It's just amazing that you could put a show on and and almost be flawless almost every week. And, and, you know, at least to to my untrained eye, I'm sure the performers are saying, "Ooh, I flubbed that line. Ooh, I should have said this. Ooh, I should have said it that way." But to- you, if you pay attention, sometimes you can see them like almost crack a laugh or something or you know or make a a facial expression or something but you know and then you'll know that maybe they kind of slipped up on something but for the most part they nail it yeah and i've heard performers on on many uh different podcasts where all right when when uh you say this line you gotta lean all the way to the left so you stay out of the camera when we go to the different camera you know Mm -hmm. so and, and you as a performer that has done some tv and some movies you you know that you have to step out of people's camera angle at some mm-hmm. point. So, I mean, that, that's just, all right, SNL, 2000. Good job, Jennifer Lopez. Where are you going from there, Charlotte McKinnon? Ha-ha, <laughs> back to Casey. Yeah, so, yeah. you know, well, yeah, I stayed with Casey. I ended up staying with Casey. Um, yeah, he gave me a little heat for that. Why? I did just a couple of shows. To, to do the European tour. And, um, but you know, that was, I just felt like that was an opportunity I could not turn up. I need, I at least needed to see what it was like. And I said, I don't even know. She might not even, they might not even like me, you know? So, I, but I got to take this chance. So I went and I did it. And I did the, I did two other shows with her. I did SNL and then we did uh, a pregame show with TRL for the oh. Super Bowl that year. How cool is that? How and was then that after experience? That, that was a lot of fun too. It's, it was a lot of work. It was outside. It was hot. And you know, so, but it was fun. So what does and, your mom um, think about this? My baby, she's on TV. Uh, yeah, my mom, she's not so excited about that. <laughs> <laughs> Parents are funny she's, that way. She's happy. Yeah, she's happy that I'm happy and I'm living, yep. you know. They want life, you to go to school life. and become a doctor. Yeah. Yes, yeah, prefer I would finish school. So, um, but you know, I had to turn down 
the future gigs that they call me for with J-Lo, which they call me a couple more times. And, you know, after I said no, uh, you know, a couple more times, they they didn't call me anymore. That's right. But, they move um, along. Yeah. yeah, they move along. So because I just felt like, um, you know, when I went out with J-Lo, I'd be gone for a week or two. Yeah. But with Casey, I go do the shows and I come back. And in the summers, Erica could stay. She would go and visit with her dad who lived in D.C. Or oh, okay. at one point he lived in New York, uh, New Jersey. And she or she would go spend summers with him and be in camp, you know, and then or, or the weekends when, you know, I'd have activities for her. But um, J-Lo didn't allow me to, you know, I'd have to be gone too much. So I had to say no. And that's basically how I made my decision Very uh, smart. Uh, about not continuing to do shows with her. And, you know, she didn't tour that much either. That was the other thing. And Casey was work year round. Right. Right. And, so, you know, you had your weeks off and you worked the weekends. Yep. And you could still be a mama. That's great. Yep. It's so, like the best fit. Yeah. And, uh, and, and over the years I, with Casey, I turned down a few more gigs. Like um, uh, um, oh, why can't I say her name? <laughs> <laughs> it's on the tip of my tongue. I was talking about her last night. Natalie Cole. Natalie Cole. Wow, Natalie you Cole. had to turn got down a, Natalie yeah, Cole. I, I got a call to come mm. and do a couple of gigs for with Natalie Cole, but I was out with Casey. Yeah. Um, I had turned down a a gig with Shaka Khan. Oh my. Yep. I turned oh. down a gig with um with uh Mary J. Blige. No. Yep. <laughs> so I was like uh, you know but You got a lot of what ifs, Charlotte McKinnon. I made you know I what made if the decision based on what was good for my life at the time. Yes. You know a background singer can't afford to bring her baby on the road. But <laughs> you know Understood. I mean you make enough to, to pay the rent and uh you know keep a roof over the heads and put food yeah in the belly. and put her in a nice camp and nice private lessons for things but you know it really wasn't feasible to try to drag her around the country nor was it fair to her right you know? right she's so, got her friends and school mm -hmm. and stability and you got your mom that's helping you out that's fantastic uh, you know. so it worked out and you know happy and and yeah. an opportunity i did have an opportunity to audition for um cirque du soleil at one time what what would yeah. you do with them what, what what kind of act could you do with cirque du soleil i was as a singer they have singers sing on a high wire like upside down juggling no at, <laughs> you know uh, for some of the shows you know all, a lot of the music sometimes would be live well you know like i know the shows in vegas they would have live musics and um what and, and even if they didn't have if it was tracks they would have live singers oh. so sometimes the singers would be behind a screen and you'd see a silhouette or sometimes they'd come out in a costume in the interim of the acts or during the acts you know and the, they'd have singers so yeah <laughs> but that that i would ha have to do my training in canada and Oh, I didn't want to track Erica there. So no, there's no way. There's but, no way. It sounds like you you found the best track for your life, 
Charlotte McKinnon, the the best. Yeah, way with to the go. boogeyman. I stayed with the boogeyman. Are you kidding me? That that, that <laughs> song and, and a lot of uh, Casey and the Sunshine Band songs are my my go to karaoke songs. I sing boogeyman oh. almost every time I do a karaoke. And you know all all the things that you've been talking about. I've been developing, uh, putting together a playlist for Friday night. I'm at the Rab in Conway, Arkansas. Yeah, of all places, I'm in Arkansas, baby. Okay, <laughs> but uh, you know I have a regular show on friday nights so as you were talking i'm putting together a track list and the, i'm going to play all your songs on friday night with Aww. all your various bands and, and give you tribute and and of course i'm going to promote the this podcast as well but uh yeah charlotte mckinnon man i'm having a good time chatting with you learning more about you and and Aww. how you reached the the goals that you have reached and the places that you've been that's fantastic. So are you still with Casey, I guess? I um, retired my boogie shoes okay. in 2012. When? When was in, it? In 2012. 2012. Okay. Yeah. It was time for me to, you know, to try and do some other things. And at that time, I thought that I wanted to move away uh-huh. for a while, but that didn't really happen. <laughs> Some other things happened that um, I ended up staying here and um, and I stayed. Um, I worked locally for about a year and a half. What kind of job did I you started, do? Um, back at Monty's. Monty's. South Beach. Uh, wedding bands. Bar mitzvahs. Hey, I, I, I miss bar mitzvahs. I I did a bunch of them when I was in South Florida, but I haven't done one since mm-hmm. I was in since I'm here in Little Rock, Arkansas. Where are my Jews at? Come on. <laughs> <laughs> I know there's a Jewish community here somewhere. Yeah, there's it's huge here, and the weddings. The people come from everywhere to have their weddings here. Oh yeah, especially Jewish weddings. So uh, oh, any wedding learn, really had to learn all the the horrors. <laughs> <laughs> I love those songs. I love them. Uh, I was lifting up an empty chair as you were singing that, uh, you know, trying to, but I, I, I guess I shouldn't lift an empty chair. It probably is bad luck of some kind. Uh, hopefully somebody will be in that chair while I was lifting yeah. it up. You're sending chills up my spine. Every time you sing, Charlotte McKinnon, Aww. I love it. I love it. Oh. Well, you know, I really, really love those melodies. And, you know, um, so. Yeah, um, klezmer bands and, and all that clarinet. Just fantastic. That was fun. And I got to meet more musicians and, you know, just networking. And and um, at one point when I was with Casey, I had started to sing some, I wanted to sing some Caribbean music, you know, yes. it's part of my heritage. So I started singing with some um, reggae bands and and down at Monty's, I sang with, um, sang some, um, in a soca band. So um, I was learning. What soca band? Soca. What soca band? Soka um, Islander. Yeah, you can shout out everybody. This is your yeah, podcast. Islander, Mr. Carl Jacobs, who's now he's he's from Trinidad and Tobago, and you can Google him too. And he's he has a really the song that I love most is um, Trini to the Bone. Trini to the Bone. Trini. It's a singing. It's a sing, It's a song about his country, and and it's a beautiful song. I love it. And I had a good time 
with Carl. He, um, when I came back, he's like, hey, you can come back into Monty's anytime. He was the musical director at Monty's at the time, the entertainment director at Monty's at the time when I came back. So he gave me some gigs and I started singing soca with him and doing a little bit of everything else. So um, that's how I ended up back over there. And, you know, some other bands, like I said, the, the wedding bands and corporate bands and um, and... Yeah, what else? And I did a, food on your table and and roof yeah, over your head. Yeah, big time. Beautiful. And you know, back to doing session work, of course. Now, okay. And, um, now, okay. Monetarily wise, uh, do you do you think you can make more as a touring musician? You got to give up your family, but you could be a touring musician, and, and or can you make a living as a local musician? You know, five minutes, an hour away from your house. What do you think? What What's better? What do you feel? Um. Yes, but you have to strategize with both, I think, right. because um, as a tour mu musician, your career depends on that other, the, the celebrity's career. Like, you know, if they decide not to work, you're out of work, you know, so. Um, and some people like to take longer vacations or longer breaks or they go in the studio to record and they're not out touring. So you're not working. So, you know, it's 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 you know you you have to have some strategy there and you definitely have to um save your money for the for the rainy days correct but but yeah but with both i think yeah you could just strategize because there's a definitely a slow season for singers in in miami anyway that we our slow season is the summertime and if you could come up with something you know a house gig or something during that time then yay monty's something yeah yay monty's something that could work for you that could be you know lucrative yeah i mean i have my my two or three gigs a week that are pretty steady and mm -hmm. it, it makes a little living you know it's fine mm -hmm. i'm i'm not the talented singer that you are but uh <laughs> you know i'm the dj you know i'm the guy yeah. in the back you know i'll play your songs Oh, thank you so much do appreciate you oh i appreciate you it, it depends on your life and what what you know what you need what your needs are so some people need or live a more excessive lifestyle and they need more money so they need to make the big bucks on a regular basis and my life does not require that <laughs> right live pretty simply but, you, you, yeah you take care yeah, of yourself so, and your mama and i make and i make sure to save a lot when i am on tour so, you know, I came back to Monty's. I was doing the Caribbean thing for a while. And then I ended up in the studio with one of Bob Marley's sons, um, Kimani Marley, doing some backgrounds for Kimani, who offered me a, um, a position on tour with him. So I started touring with Kimani. Well, doing, I, I used um, to meet up with the Marley's kids in, at Guitar Center in, in, uh, in uh, Kendall uh, all the uh -huh. time. Uh, how many kids does Bob Marley have? Do you know? Not exactly. I don't. <laughs> I don't, but I think it's like, I think there's one sister. Maybe I know of one sister, but there might be two sisters. And then let me see. Steven, Ziggy, Rohan, Kimani, Julian, Damien. That's what I know. That's like six or six or six, between six and eight, something like that. 
So you got to work with Kimani. I mean, did, yeah. Uh, what kind of conversations did you have with him, and 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 what happened there? Oh man, Kimani, he's a sweetheart. He's he loves music, and that was the foundation of our relationship. Yeah. And um, it's it was pretty much all things music, and he's a family person. You know, he's got kids, and you know, so we we talked a lot about that kind of stuff, and. He he was a very kind man on the road with us. He was good to our, to the band and you know friendly. And he's like a lot most times he, wherever the band was, he was. He was like we're a family, so we'd hang out together, and that was cool. We go eat, you know. We get in the city and we all go eat, and Kimani's right there, you know. So unless he had like promotions to do, if they had to have him out doing interviews or. You know, so this is a, a tour that you had in. Uh, yeah, well, I toured with Kimani. We did um, some. We do some spot dates occasionally, but then we would do some tours too. So I went to Europe with him. Wow. I went to. Um, I went to South America with him, and so. Yeah, this is it was a lot of fun. 2014, somewhere around there. Mm, yeah, 2013, 14, and 15. Wow, three years so kinda, with Kimani. Yeah, kind of on and off because in the interim of that, I was also touring with um, Barry Gibb. What? <laughs> <laughs> this is an interesting turn of events. You yeah. go from Kimani with the Caribbean stuff. I get. I'm guessing he's doing Caribbean stuff as well. Um. Yeah, he does on uh, reggae. A lot of reggae. Yeah. Yes, mm-hmm. and then you go to the legendary Barry Gibb of the Brothers. Yeah, Gibb. and I want to say I had done one gig with Barry prior to landing that gig with Kimani. I think that's how it worked out. I think I I did one gig with Barry. It was a local gig, or like one or two gig, two local gigs with him, and they were talking a tour, but they never it never really manifested. And then um. Then that's later on. I ended up with, you know, touring with Kimani, but I, I know that I, I remember I'd gotten a call to, if to to find out if I was available to do the bear some bear stuff with Barry back when I was with Casey, and I had to turn it down. Now he's in Fort Lauderdale now, right? Did he? Then they moved to South Florida. Barry, who Barry? All, all the Gibbs, really. Well, the, he's the last surviving Gibbs. Yes. Yeah, they've all passed on. Yes. So he's the last surviving brother. But in South Florida? Yeah, he's here in South Florida. Yes. I think he's Miami Beach. I think he's. Okay, gotcha. Gotcha. So you met up with him and. and Yeah, I did a couple shows with him. You know, I have some friends. A lot of the musicians in his camp are all from, you know, were, were all former UM, you know, music grads. And um, so I knew a, a few of them. And uh, my very good friend, Lisa Richards, uh, who's a a local singer, and she, in, in her own right, has done a lot of stuff. And she has music available on um, all the platforms, but she has music on iTunes as well. Lisa, L-E-E-S-A Richards. Look that um, up. <laughs> Yeah, look her up. Yeah, you know, before you to. before you move on from Barry Gibb, the first forty five that I owned was got to get a message to you. Hey, oh, I did I gotta get a message to you? Yeah, that's a good song. Oh my goodness, I played that over and over and Aww. over. 
back in the 70s, uh, you know, as a small lad, uh, a baby, baby DJ, even before I was a DJ, I was Man, DJing for myself. Guy, his repertoire. Oh, my Jesus. goodness. He's got a hundred hits. catalog. <laughs> not, not only has he written, you know, some great hits, but he just has so much great music out there, even songs that weren't big hits, you know? Right. And then, then, and then the, all the stuff that he's written for other people. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. You know, you're, you're talking about songwriters and such. Uh, George McRae, I got to meet him back in 2007 or so, somewhere around there. Mm-hmm. And he wrote Casey's songs. You know, uh, and Casey wrote songs for him. And too. Casey wrote songs for him. The, was it Rock Your <laughs> Baby? Right. Okay, maybe I got it backwards. He wrote Rock Your Baby for him. Yeah, Casey that's wrote right. Rock Your Baby. Yep. That's right. So that's what I was thinking. A oh, man. Yeah. And just how things are interconnected in the music business, and how you meet right. one person, and maybe years down the road, oh, you know what? Let's work together because I remember how how well we worked together before. Uh, yeah and you develop these relationships and you've been doing that developing relationships throughout the years since 86 when you got out of high school uh you know go was it uh Co- coconut grove what what was it coral gables coral gables yeah what's the what's the mascot cavaliers yeah what's a cavalier <laughs> <laughs> i think i owned a cavalier a chevy cavalier terrible car oh terrible <laughs> <laughs> Dan, you're a mess. Oh my goodness. But yeah, so Barry, I sang with Barry. Um, there were two two yeah, there were two shows, local shows. There was we did a benefit for um I think the Diabetes Foundation. And then we did a show at the Hard Rock, and then there wasn't anything. And then I went on tour with Kimani. I was doing some shows with Kimani, and then for about two years I was flip flopping. Okay. And I was going out with, when Barry went out, I went out with him. And when I wasn't on tour with him, I worked either at Monty's or I was out with Kimani. Wow. And, and then I got a call to go to um, Korea. What? With a man over in Korea. And I went for two and a half months. I was like, okay, I don't have anything at the end of the year. And I went to Korea. Sure. Why not? Let's year. go to Korea. Why not? And thing in in a in a city called Jeju and it's an island called Jeju in South Korea and that was a lot of fun um so some so what kind of music are you doing in in South Korea oh top 40 that's cool a little bit of everything whatever the audience want to hear and we so we um tried to do like we did a nightly a nightly gig it was six nights a week and um and we just we tried to put a show together where we did different genres every night. So we just really put together like three or four shows and then just kind of rotated them. Yeah. But it was, it was fun. It was nice because I hadn't been to, um, I hadn't been to Korea. I hadn't really been to Asia much. I'd been to Japan once, okay. but I hadn't really been anywhere else. Who did you so go to Japan like, with? I went to Japan by myself. Oh, okay. This is just a vacay. <laughs> well, not really. It was a little business thing too, but I did kind of a little um what do you call it? Um recon? No. Well, I did sort of um 
You'll have to forgive me. I'm, my brain's just Oh, that's trapped. all right. It's still early. I've been in the working morning. so much. <laughs> and, um, you know, as an artist, you. It was kind of like a, a little showcase that I did for some promoters. And, oh, that's um, cool. Yeah, it was kind of cool. So it was just something that I did on my own. And and then I, I linked up with some other friends that were on tour that were over there. So I got to hang out with them while I was there. And I, I kind of subsequently set it all up around their tour. I knew they were going to be in that city around that time. So. You know, it was cool. That's cool. And you, then, weren't, you weren't completely alone in Japan. No. Nope, and nope, as an I've artist, you're, you're doing different things. Uh, you know, you got the reggae, you got the, the Barry Gibb, you got the Casey and the Sunshine Band, you got the J-Lo, and you're, you got different genres, and it's giving you a creative outlet as well, Charlotte McKinnon. What, I mean, how do you feel about working with all these different people? That is great. Very blessed. Because I know that it doesn't come easy for a lot of people, you know. Sometimes it's just being in the right place. Sometimes it's, um, you know, it's not, sometimes it's not all based on your talent or your abilities. And sometimes it's just based on who you know. And and I just, I thank God that I, I have had the privilege to, to work with all these these wonderful people, as well as all the people that I work with locally, you know, some really talented musicians that I learn a lot from and that I, that, um, I take a lot from spiritually too, I think, you know, just kind of feels my spirit meeting all these different people that are so talented that is fantastic. and that, that they love what they're doing, you know, and to, and we, we all encourage each other. And, you know, at times I'll meet people and they were like, I want to get on the road. And I was like, stay open to that. It'll come. Yeah. You know, and keep putting it out there in the atmosphere. Let people know that's what you want to do. And, you know, it'll come. It will. That's how I feel about it. And, you know, you'll find your way. And I said, sometimes it's it's better to have an agent that can help you, you know, get there or, you know, and don't be afraid to take gigs when they're offered that they might pay a little less, but they're going to give you an opportunity to meet some people that could open other doors for you. Now you, know? you you mentioned your agent. I need to go ahead and uh, and and have you give a shout out to your agent because as soon as I reached out to you about the about doing the podcast, your agent was was right on top of things. My manager, Gail Hoyer. <laughs> yes, I'm being managed by the agency partners. Um, so uh, this is a a, a new collaboration. Um, I just signed with them and. I'm pretty excited to be doing some things with them. They're very supportive and um, very um, helpful in, you know, helping me organize things for my career and, and try to move up, move in a different direction. Now, you know, um, there there aren't too many tours coming my way lately. So. No, it's, it's nice to have somebody on your team that to yeah. at least keep you organized. Yes, you yeah. you're the performer, and and me, you know, I'm I'm just a lowly DJ, and I go and I set up my own equipment, and you have to have a team to get you to the next level to set up all your speakers, your microphone, make sure that all your marks are set up on the floor, so you know where to yeah. stand, you know where to be, and you have to have a create a team to get to a higher level and that's well you, you know have. i learned to do all those things myself over the years yes. especially working with all these different bands i you know work wa watching a lot of times with casey we'd go to sound check and sometimes i would stay and i watch what the crew were we'll see what's happening you know and i learned a lot i took notes so 
Yeah, oh, a lot yeah, of times yeah, people right. will ask me, hey, do you need help carrying your equipment? I said, I, you know, and I joke, I, I've been looking for a roadie since 1986, but nobody <laughs> knows how to put the stuff back in my, my vehicle properly. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but you have, you, I mean, when you yeah, do. Yeah, because you have it, you develop a system that works for you. Exactly. Right. So, yeah, that that's the objective here that, um, that, that with the agency partners that we develop this system and 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 can can look for for bigger and better opportunities for both of us you know to grow so well she's working hard for you she was working all night long you know it's funny i'm I'm calling her and i guess it was her time maybe 10 30 in the evening and she's still Mm -hmm. working for you it was great (laughs) it was so good yeah gail is a sweetheart she and she is very diligent you know, so I'm excited about about our partnership. I'm excited for you, Charlotte McKinnon. Uh, so we're we're in Korea still, and this is uh, 2013, 14. Well, no, no, mm-hmm. fi- no, no. You did the uh, the Kamani until 15, so maybe this yeah. is like 16 so, that so you were in Korea. Probably like the end of 14. It's probably the the end of 14 when I first went to Korea because I went twice, oh. and it was in between. Like I said, like I think that year. That that for in in 2014, I think it was. I I went to Europe with. Um. I think I went to Europe with. Um, was it no? I had done a the U.S. tour here with with Barry. Okay. And then we did. Um. And then I went out with. Kimani in Europe, I think that summer. I, I it's kind of a blur. Well, not to and brush then, over the legendary Barry Gibb. What kind of th- stuff did you do on tour with Barry Gibb? Was it all BG songs, or was it some new things first, that were going on? The first tour I did with him was like a tribute to his brothers, the oh, mythology gosh. tour, and that was BGs. Yes, that was pretty much all BGs, and then. Um. Yeah, we did that mythology tour we did in Australia. Wow. And then we did it in Europe. And we did some dates, and we did it in the U.S. And then Barry re- uh, recorded and released his album, and we did the promotion for it. And we were scheduled to perform, to do a tour in Australia, and that didn't happen. Oh. So... We're waiting to hear what's next. <laughs> so you're still in, in in touch with Barry Gibb and still part a part of his yeah, new projects. Yeah, whatever they call me for, I'm game. I'm like I'm there. It you know I, he's amazing man. What a um a true talent he is. Like just to watch him connect with the musicians when we're in rehearsal and they, then they just start vibing and I just love that about him. Cause that's, you don't see that often. Like uh, most of the artists, they come in, they're going to rehearse what they need to rehearse. Once they get that down, they're out, you know, but Casey, no, th- this Casey is an artist a musician too. He would come in and yeah. play and he would like, well, you know, remind them, Oh, well on the record, we played it. I played it like this, you know, and and he goes, go back and listen. And he says, because I want to kind of keep it true to the original sound, you know. And um, 
And he says, and he, and he says, you got to get more in the pocket, and it's it's a groove, you know. So and and he'd give them the the vibe on. He'd play it on his keyboard, and so I like I love watching that. I love that they, you know, when the music just takes over. That's how. And these are people that have had staying power. They've been around for so mm-hmm. many years uh, with the Bee Gees being so from the 60s and 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 the 70s for Casey. So, yes, you definitely have uh, some some mentors, some people that you can get yeah. experience and knowledge from. Charlotte McKinnon, and, and people are getting experience and knowledge from you right now on, on mm-hmm. this podcast. And mm-hmm. I, I'm so glad that you spent some time with me. I appreciate that. Well, thank you for having this platform. You know, this is... This is a way, a window into what we do and who we are as people, because a lot of times people don't see you as a person. They see you as this, you know, celebrity or whatnot. I don't consider myself a celebrity. Oh, you're a celebrity, Charlotte. I watched when I was around Casey and all the other celebs. That's how everybody sees them. They see they see them as celebrities. They don't see them as people. They come up and start talking to them like they know them as a person. And I'm thinking to myself, how weird must that be to constantly have these strangers in your face talking to you like they know you. They're calling you by your name and you don't have a clue as to who they are. So most times they don't even introduce themselves. They just come up and start talking to you. And how weird must that be? Well, and then somebody like Casey, uh, you know, when somebody comes up and says, hey, Harry Wayne Casey, he has to probably search his mental Rolodex and and try to figure out, do I know this person? Do I know this Mm. person? And and I I think the celebrities now, their thing is, is saying great to see you rather than great to meet you. Because if you say great to meet you, hey, you've met me three times already. (laughs) <laughs> and it gets very embarrassing and very you know off-putting yeah. t- for somebody to to come up to you like that so yes i i, I imagine that next level and, yeah. and charlotte mckinnon i'm sure people have come up to you and said hey charlotte mckinnon and you're like uh do i know you <laughs> yeah it's happened a few times and um even even people that i've known in my past that i don't recognize you know i feel like i've lived more than one lifetime oh, for sometimes sure. because I've been doing so many different things and like I'll be off on this thing now and I've got a whole new group of friends and family you know that I'm involved with now for for this time oh for or, sure know, the next yeah, year or whatever and then I come back home and I'll run into a classmate and I don't recognize them you know and it's Sometimes I was like, "I'm oh, honey, you gonna have to refresh my memory, or I don't have my glasses on." What's your name? No, no. And, 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 <laughs> what you know, street did you live on? I'll just go there and I'll tell them. Yeah, you, know? you can only you can only keep about a thousand people in your head, and that's for somebody who's young and very, uh, you know, it's uh, sharp. Uh, to keep a thousand people in their head and, and Mr. Uh, uh, Mr. or Mrs. A thousand and one, you're going to fall out of that head, you know, if you don't come around for a few months or even a few mm-hmm. years, you know, so, um, but I was like, I was saying, I was flip flopping on that tour on those tours for about two, two years. I did it just going back and forth with between all those, those shows in um this 2016 2017 maybe 2000 2014 15 oh, and and maybe right into 16 right. and then i i um i got sick oh no what happened? and everything just shut down and i was i had a cold that just 
I, I was it was right after I came back from Korea the second trip and um and I got the, I had a cold and, and it didn't go away and what? I kept going to urgent care and um they couldn't figure it out they just told me you know put me on antibiotics and a few months later I took myself to the emergency room and it was uh it was pneumonia and oh. uh, yeah, and a rare strand, and they um, they kept me for ten days, and my immune system was almost non-existent at the time, so that slowed everything down. And um, so I needed to figure out what was going on, so I had to see a number of specialists. Um, I saw a pulmonologist because I had some damage to my lungs from the having that pneumonia for so long because it was, you know, hadn't been diagnosed, and um, and then. Then they were trying to figure out why my immune system was so weak. And I was seeing an immunologist and a pulmonologist, and, and they sent me to a cardiologist. I was seeing all these doctors, and no one could figure it out. So for about nine months, I was seeing doctors. And finally, they diagnosed me with an autoimmune disease. What? And so I've been dealing with that, and, and I haven't been touring quite as much. But then, you know, good old friend Lisa Richards. <laughs> L-E-E-S-A. Yes, L-E-E-S-A. Calls me up and was like, uh, you think you might want to go do this tour with me? And I'm like, are you kidding me, Lisa? You know what I'm going through. She goes, I'll be there to help you. I think you can do it. So <laughs> I say yes and end up on the road with Joe Bonamassa. Joe Bonamassa. I know that name. Yes, he is a guitar god. Yes, he is. <laughs> so, ended up on tour with him. Went to some rehearsals in um, in Tennessee, and um, and then went out for a couple of weeks. And it was phenomenal, man. That guy rocks. And so that you know, just like he's he's more like blues rock, you know, right? And like just. A totally different thing, something totally unexpected, and I still wasn't as healthy as I probably needed to be. But I did have a lot of help. Lisa did help me a lot, and um, and I was very careful um to stay to stay well while I was out there. But yeah, you drinking um, your juice, taking your pills, doing what the doctor yeah, tells you. Yeah, I, yeah, I'm on some inhalers and whatnot. Wow. So it's like it left me with a COPD. Oh my! So because of the the damage to my lung, that left me with COPD and and this autoimmune disease, which you know I had to start learning about these whole this this disease and 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 how to care for myself. And so I started reading up a lot and went to some group meetings of you know with other uh, people that have the disease and some caregivers and um uh some representatives from the pharmaceutical company from one of the treatments that I was on and, you know, just learning as much as I could about it so that I could be functional, you know, functioning with this disease and continue with what I'm doing. And my doctors now are all in awe of my progress because, um, because of my singing, Yes. It has helped my lungs so much. Like there's I can't the 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 damage that's done is irreversible, but 
my breathing capacity has improved tremendously. And I think most of it is because I sing. Now, did you have any training as as a singer? Yeah, at Miami-Dade. Miami-Dade, okay. Yeah. And did those exercises help you to to improve on your lungs and, and your breathing, even through and this disease? And the constant uh, singing is because I'm constantly singing. Yes, the the exercises and the and that I'm constantly singing. So, you know, that's a big uh, organ that's working constantly to you know work through it. Yeah. So I was like, wow, God is good. (laughs) Yeah. So people with uh, an autoimmune disease, the COPD, and I I don't even know if if asthma can be helped by singing or building up your lung capacity. Is that something that you've learned? Uh, I, don't, dealing I'm with not, this? I don't know that that is something that I should recommend. For right, people, right. But it, Consult it, it, is something, it is something that has helped me. That's great. So I was always like very active. I like to dance. So, you know, I was dancing and singing so much with Casey. You know, it was it's almost like the timing, like it, it, something in my spirit kept telling me it was time to leave. It was time to leave when right. I left. And there was like no other reason. Did you, you know, feel like you were running down at all, or, or not so much that I just felt like it was time to go, you know? And I did, and I left, and and I was struggling with that for a couple of years before I left, like maybe like about three or four years. I kept going back and forth with I'm gonna leave, I'm gonna leave, right. and I didn't. And then I finally did, and um, it's like, well, what are you gonna do now? It's like, well, you know me, I ain't figured that out yet, but <laughs> I will, <laughs> you know. I'm looking for, I just feel like somebody said something to me once, or I read it. I, it was something that I read. Uh-huh. Like, you have to, you have to, your intentions have to be that the universe is working in your favor constantly. Yeah. And if your intentions are there, that's what you'll get back. That you'll be putting that energy out and you'll be receiving it. So... That like what 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 good is going to come to me today? You know, wake up with that attitude. Even when things are bad, you know, they, how much worse can they get? They got to get better <laughs> from this, you know. So well, you're saying things are going to come to you, but you got to work. You got to put in the work. Of course, of course. <laughs> not, you're not going to become a star. You know, oh, Hollywood's going to call me. Uh, you know, L.A. is going to call me. Uh, Miami's going to call me. New York's going to call me. No, not. no, none of those places ever called me, but it didn't stop me from getting work. That's right. That's right. You made a living as a singer, as a a, a talent. Uh, you know, not uh, painting you in a small box as a singer. You're you're more than that. You're a dancer. You're actress of some kind. Uh, I mean, do you, do you want to pr- pursue more of that, or or wh- where do you see yourself going from from here? Or, or have we even gotten here yet? You're still in 2016 <laughs> with John Bonamassa. Uh, oh boy. So yeah, t- yeah. What happened after John Bonamassa? John Bonamassa, um, just more of the same. I came back. I went back to Monty's. Um, I did a couple more shows with Barry, you know, after that. I think right after that Bonamassa tour, I went to uh, Europe and did a show for the Royals with with, with um, Barry Gibb. And, you know, so I had several shows with him. That was when Barry was promoting his his um, his new album. Wait a minute. Oh. For the Royals in England? Yeah. Uh, who did you meet of the Royals? I didn't meet any of the Royals. Oh, no. Day, but, yeah, it was a big show, and they had a lot of acts. Um, 
Were they at least in the audience? Were they in the crowd? Yes, the, yes. Uh, Camilla and and Prince Charles were definitely there, and I don't wow. know. I think um, the Queen's brother. I'm not sure all, all the, but yeah, but the big, the ones, the names that I recognize the most were Camilla and and Prince Charles. So, how many people at this concert? Wow, it was. <laughs> It was a, it was well sold out, and I can't remember the name of the venue. Please forgive me for that. But um, um, what was the name? Who who did I meet that day? Oh, the biggest star that I met that day was Dang. Dang, I've never heard of him. <laughs> <laughs> Charlotte McKinnon, you've met so many people, you've done so many things. I don't expect you to remember everything, everyone. But I'm sure it'll come yeah. to you. But yeah, it was Sting. You met Sting. 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 No. From the police? Yeah. No. Really? Of the police? No. You had to explain that to me? No. 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 You didn't even have to explain that I to any of my listeners. Understand what I was saying? I oh, thought I thought you said "dang." That's what I thought you thought I said. That's why I said it again. So, you said sting. it was Sting. Wow. Yeah. Okay. I was walking. I'm not editing anything. This was, uh, this is my mistake. You said sting and I thought, what? Okay. You met sting. Yes. Fantastic. Overplayed (laughs) many of his albums, played his albums over and over and over. Go. Got to hear. Um, and we're, we're sitting there, you know, everybody's doing kind of a little run through, um, earlier that day. It's, you know, it's supposed to be sound checking. You're doing a little run through or whatever. And we're sitting there and uh, Lady Gaga comes out on stage. How about just, you know, just no big deal. Lady Gaga <laughs> just coming in. No big deal. Yeah. And they, well, right. We knew it was going to be somebody big because right before she came out, they just they announced no cameras, no, no, no phone, no cell phones. Yes. So, so we're like, oh, somebody big is about to come out. Right. So, so how did that feel? That was cool. She was huge at that time. Ooh. Just, I mean, still doing things, but yeah. uh, you know that that was her her peak right there. Yeah, she was um, amazing to watch. She's de- deserves all this success she's having. Yes, right. She does. Say what you want. She's worked can, for for what she's can, got. Yeah, you can see the you can see it, and you, when you see her live, you can you hear it, you see it, you witness it. Yeah, she's right where she needs to be. Yeah, the theatrics, the performance, fantastic. Mm-hmm. She's worked hard to get there. No, I I honestly believe that regardless of how you feel about somebody's talent, if they have acquired some success, they have put in the work to get there. Yes. On some level, it might not be to your liking or what you think, you know, they sh- the, the level of success that they deserve, but if they're the, whatever level they're on, they have worked to get there. Yes. You can't get there any other way. Absolutely. And that's that's gems. You're giving people uh, gems, uh, pearls of wisdom right there, Charlotte McKinnon. Uh, you got to put the work in. Yeah, some people don't, you know, you don't agree. You don't like their talent. That's your preference. That's just your, um, you know, you don't like that style. But that doesn't mean they're not talented and they don't deserve their 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 success. No, P- people that are quote unquote haters, they they, they want to build <laughs> themselves up. 
They're not trying to build anybody else up. You got mm-hmm. to build everybody up. And, and you, Charlotte McKinnon, you're you're building people up as you go along the way. You you work with with people and you see interesting things, interesting projects, and you go, yeah, I'll try that. Yeah, I got a couple of weeks mm-hmm. off. Let me let me go over there. Let me try that. And and, and you try <laughs> things, and you're not afraid to try things and yeah. see what comes of it. You know, and and that is what people need to know is, you know, yes, no has to be on your list as well. But say yes too. say yep. yes to something out of your comfort zone. Yes. I mean, well, you, hey, let's go to Korea. Yes. <laughs> Why not? <laughs> yes. Okay. Let's go to, uh, you know, Cancun or what was it? Uh, somewhere in. Yeah. You know. And I got pictures of like. For the last three or, well, yeah, like three years, three or four years, on my Instagram of all, everything, almost everything that we've talked about. Oh, um, yeah. You're I've a good follow. So you can follow me on Sugarhip, S-U-G-A-H-I-P, and you can follow me on Facebook, Charlotte McKinnon, and um, hopefully I'll be recording more now yeah we didn't even talk about that sugar hip where did that come from and how long has that been going (laughs) oh my goodness finish it off there sugar sugar, it was sugar hips was a name that i was writing under i was writing i would write you know because i told you i do a lot of session work and stuff and sometimes i'd be like a ghost writer uh for our you know some up-and-coming artist or um a rapper, a local rapper or whatever, and I'd like sing a hook on there and they say, oh, what name should we put you under? And I think I was like waiting out a contract with a a label or something. And I had this name, this fictitious name that I was writing under for a while. And I was using that name, Sugar Hips. And later I needed to incorporate for my music. So I I decided to use that name. And that's where it kind of came from. So it kind of morphed into sugar hip. It fits when, perfectly. Like, think, it yeah. fits perfectly. You're, you're, <laughs> you know, with your dancing, with your hips moving, and you being so sweet, sugar hips. Yeah, it all it all works out perfectly. I've heard that before. Okay. Oh, okay. <laughs> we'll hear it over and over that, and over joking, again. I'm joking. <laughs> but yeah, but that's that's where that name came from, and it's it's older than my daughter. <laughs> sugar hips like i've been i've been using that name for so long and and now it's it's you know become a part of me so and and what yeah. are you recording i mean what, what where does it go from here i guess i guess we finally yeah. come to now uh i, yeah, I, I know you're still dealing now. with the with your illness how are you feeling yeah. i'm feeling great you know i um i can't run anymore but i power walk i'm i love to power walk i'm like the master power walker and um but i power walk in the mornings and and i um i go through my dance route my uh my show like go through the choreography i try to do that once a day and um and you know and sing sing the songs try to go through the show a little bit and um and then i perform at monty's i'm there five I do five shifts a week. I'm there on um, Wednesdays and Thursdays from five to 10. And on Saturdays, I do a double shift in the afternoon and then at night. And then on Sundays, I'm there um, during the, the midday shift. And it's, you know, so all of that stuff helps 
so much with my condition. Girl, you're working. And, yeah, I work a lot. <laughs> That's and a steady job there, right there at Monty. You know, yeah, it's a steady job. And, and, you know, and they give me the freedom to go and do my shows and come back. So, you know, I'll I have a freestyle show. I love the I love 80s freestyle at Miramar Parkway, November 16th. So if you love freestyle music, it's a great event to come to come and support freestyle music. Um, I'll be singing Fascinated. Yes, you will. Um, yep. So come out and, you know, do you know, anybody who's, so who's built on that? I'll be doing, hopefully I'll be doing more of those shows next year. And um, I'm looking forward to doing some recording. So um, I've always wanted to do a Christmas album. So I'm, 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 I'm working on that. I have some Christmas songs out now that I did with my friend, Billy Paul Williams. Yeah. Um, they're available on iTunes. So you can look him up, Billy Paul Williams and Billy Paul Williams featuring Charlotte McKinnon. <laughs> I have quite a few songs with him, some Christmas music and other music. So, um, even people that a- don't necessarily like Christmas, they like Christmas music. <laughs> yeah. Right. So, yep. That's um, beautiful. Check out Billy Paul. Billy Paul's got a lot of great music out there. He's a friend of mine that, um, I worked with at Monty's back in the early nineties and we've been friends for years. He's the friend that brought that introduced me to Donna Huntley. And, um, he's, he's over in Europe now. Yeah. And, he's being um, Mrs. Jones, Mrs. Jones, Mrs. Jones. Nope. Not that Billy, not that Paul. Billy Paul. Okay. Billy Paul Williams. Okay. <laughs> different Billy Paul. Gotcha. Different Billy Paul. So That's check out me. the music that I have with Billy Paul. There's a couple of songs. There's one that I love. It's called, um, um, we need love. Oh, we need love. I, that's one of my favorites that that I, I I've done with him. And what I got, and there's quite a few. So, but they're all available. Like I said on iTunes, you can also find them on YouTube. So check them out. Maybe you might want to play some of that music as well. Oh, it's on the playlist for Friday uh, over okay. at the Rab. So come see me. <laughs> you got time to get to Conway, Arkansas. <laughs> Oh my goodness! I haven't been to Arkansas in so long. You yeah. should come through. Yeah, of was course. it two thousand nine? Was that the last time you were here? Probably with Casey. With Casey. Yeah. Oh my yeah. goodness! It was so nice to see you when when you came around. That was such a a hoot for me, especially since I was bawling my eyes out after moving here. You know, and, 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 oh my goodness! Away it, from everybody. Just, yeah, yeah. I moved Bro. away from everything that I knew, and uh, you know, I started a new family here, and it, it was like, oh, that's. That's cool. You know, I've changed my world from blue of the ocean to green of Arkansas, the natural state. <laughs> <laughs> so, well, they, yes. Yeah. So, I'm, um, you know, working on that. I, I would love to. We're trying to get a single release before Christmas of one of the songs. So we've been working on it and just tweaking it now. And hopefully we'll have that available. What studio are you at now? I'm working with a friend um, independently. <laughs> okay, I like that. You know, people with a computer and, and the right software, you know, and, and a good microphone. Yes, you got a recording yeah, studio. Yeah, you can do that nowadays. So, I mean, you know, once we get it, um, we get the sound that we're looking for, then we'll start, you know, working in a bigger uh, studio. But at this time, we're just, it's all pre-production. Fantastic. There's always something new on the horizon for Charlotte McKinnon. Sugar hip. <laughs> so you're pretty much sugar hip everywhere uh, when you when people want to find you online, right? 
Well, I'm Sugar Hip on Instagram and on Twitter, but on um, Facebook, I'm Charlotte McKinnon. Well, it's it also is Sugar Hip as well. I'm looking. Yeah, it says Facebook dot com forward slash Sugar Hip. Okay, there you go. <laughs> you didn't even know you branded Sugar Hip so well. You did. You did. <laughs> <laughs> you're a brand sugar hip and that's been around uh, i mean i you know we, we only just came to that at the end of the the podcast here and uh you know and you've been using that since even before your daughter was born sugar hips because <laughs> you're so yeah. sweet and you dance around with your little hip swaying <laughs> <laughs> all right when are you coming back to south florida Dan? oh my goodness my mom and grandma are still in, the, in key largo saying come home son Come on home. We got some room for you. Well, come, at least come to visit. visit. How often do you get back to visit? Haven't been back since 2009, I'm sad to say. And I need to get back oh, there. Oh, yes. You're a bad boy. You need to come home. I'm a terrible, terrible boy. You know, you're at taking, least to visit. Yes, I know. I need to see my mom and my grandma. You're taking care of your mama right there in South Florida. Yeah. Well, all right, Charlotte McKinnon. I think I've taken up enough of your time for the What Makes You Famous podcast. Thank you so much for telling me. Thank you so much, Dan. I appreciate you. (laughs) Any last words for the people? Music is life. Well, there you have it, party people. Charlotte McKinnon, the sugar hip. Oh, she is singer. just talented just so talented oh my goodness she has had a life so far so good uh, you know when you put your mind to it when you put the work into it you get what you put into this life and she wants to be a singer she becomes a singer she wants to work with people that are you know greater that have done things already she does it she does it from being in company B, uh, starting in the girl group, even before that, you know, with the, the you know, the, oh, or, or just concurrent to that, doing some gospel singing, taking some classes in theater and just you put the work in, you get what you put in out of this life. A lot of people think, oh, things will come to me. They, they feel like, oh, things need to come to me. No, they will not come to you. You got to go to them. And sometimes you got to step out of your comfort zone. I know that's a, a cliche, comfort zone, out of the box, you know, that kind of thing. But when somebody calls you and gives you an opportunity, weigh it out. See if it's good for you and your family and then do it. You know, if it feels good, you go do it. If it feels like it's something that's right for you, you go do it. She's Charlotte McKinnon has been all over this planet because she's put the work in, uh, you know, from being in her own doing her own thing to working well with others. You got to work well with others. You never know where those uh, uh, meetings and, and those people that you work with. They could become friends and they could become uh, good colleagues that'll help you in the future. So always be a nice person. Always do good things for people. Always build people up. Don't try to tear people down. That is just the wrong way to do it. You got to build people up. And as you're going up through this great life of ours, uh, you know, bring people with you. If you have uh, somebody that says, you know, I need, I need to learn about that. I need to know. Uh, people ask me all the time, hey, how, how do you get into this DJ stuff? I'll let you know. I'll do it. You know, I, I know as a younger person, you think, 
oh, I got to keep this all to myself, keep all this knowledge to myself sometimes. And you think, oh, if I tell somebody, then they're going to be more valuable than me. Well, to, to succeed in this life, you got to take people with you, build them up, teach them, and then they in turn will teach others and everybody will be happy. There's enough room on this planet for everybody, enough space to do what you want to do. Uh, you know, turn turn what you love into a job. And that's what Charlotte McKinnon has done. She has turned the what she loves. She could have worked at Burdines. Yeah, she could have stayed there and been employee of the month. Yeah, she could have done that. But uh, no, she went on to bigger and better things. And it's taken her all over this planet. And I see nothing but good things coming to come from Charlotte McKinnon. So excited. I was... So excited. Thank you so much for being on the program, Charlotte. And thanks for listening, my fine, famous people, my fine listeners. If you'd like to tell your story, I encourage you. Give me a call at 501-470-6386 or email me, info at radiowhat.com. That's it for this edition of the What Makes You Famous podcast. It's Keys Dan, RadioWhat.com, DJLittleRock.com. Peace. I'm out of here. Radio What, the music you want with some great quotes. A good restaurant is like a good song. You feel as though it is yours, even though everyone sees it. Anonymous. The music you want. RadioWhat.com. Be on Radio What. Call 501-470-6386. Say your name where you're from, and you're listening to what? The music you want is on RadioWhat.com. <laughs>